Hey guys, today um, on this episode I had Ronnie Franklin aboard and uh, man, it was kind of all over the place but I enjoyed it, I had a really good time. Um, I've known Ronnie, I don't know, I'd say two, three years probably. Good dude, you know, he's a, uh, you know, he's, he's a cool dude. We had a good time, we really did. Uh, I don't even really know what to say about the episode because it was kind of all over the place. You know, we talked a little bit about UFC um, you know, I, I really don't know. It was a lot. Like it was just, it was fun. We just, you know, we chilled. We we BS. It was a good time. I hope you guys really enjoy it because I certainly did. Uh, he brought me a present, a little. Um, I don't know if, how many of you have seen Ace Ventura. You know, when Nature Calls, the second one. He brought me the Jeep, uh, from Ace Ventura when Nature Calls, which was a pretty dope little gift, and I appreciate that a lot. Man, yeah, like I said, I hope you guys really enjoy it, because I, I had a hell of a time, and uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun, so listen up, enjoy, uh, yeah, just like I said, sit back and relax, because this one's going to take you on a ride. What's up, buddy? How you doing? What's up? Before we get started, we've got an unofficial sponsor of Tito's Vodka. Yeah, we're drinking, uh, I got Tito's and orange bang. juice with some Tito's and bangs. So, unofficial sponsors. You know. They just don't know yet. We're getting tore up from the floor up today. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on, man? Uh, nothing, man. Yeah, so I wa- watched that fight last night. Um, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, but uh, McGregor got beat, which I, I'll be the first to admit I didn't anticipate happening. Um I kind of did. Um, it's kind of like it's hard to watch him. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, I did not watch him last night, but <laughs> it means it's kind of hard for an individual when they make $130 million and they're worth that kind of money to have the same drive as somebody that's right, right. struggling to make five grand on a fight. Right. Well, and, you know, Dustin Poirier, who's the guy he fought, you know, he had that chip on his shoulder because he lost, you know, in 14. So. He's also trying to come up. I would be surprised if he's made more than 30, 25 grand in a fight. Yeah. Now, uh, you, now, you know where your balance is there, motivational-wise. Right. Yeah. So. Um, man, it was a good fight, though. I was um, – it was pretty cool. I actually ended up going to Will's house. It was kind of a last-minute – because Will had invited me over, and then – I didn't think he was having people over because of COVID. Well, he wasn't, so that's what I'm saying. Hmm. So, he had set me up. He was like, yo, man, he's like, maybe you can come over. We'll, we'll watch the fight. Maybe I have some people over or whatever. And then he was like, ah, I'm not having people over because both of the other desk managers – have got COVID, so he's the last. Yeah, I know he's the last one. So um, that kind of was like whatever. And then just I was like, well, I'll just watch it at the house. And then like the fight started at ten. He probably texted me at like nine thirty. He goes, hey. He goes, look. He goes, if you want to come over, you can. He goes, I'm not going to invite a whole bunch of people. He goes, but you know, I'm the one who's working with the COVID-infested place. If you want to come over and risk it, you can. So yeah, sure. So thanks for putting me at risk, TJ. Appreciate that. Yeah, hey, you know, no problem. <laughs> I do what I can. Crazy but, times. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that was a good fight. There was one before that with um, a guy named Brian Chandler who was really big in Bellator, but it, it was his first debut in the UFC. And he was fighting this guy named Dan Hooker, who's ranked fifth, and he lit Dan Hooker up. So then he called out Conor McGregor. So that may be Conor's next fight. I think Conor's easy target now. Motivation's gone. And yeah, so- well, he's 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 been beat twice now. So this idea that he can't be beaten is now, you know, it's well. Go, let's, go, let's go back to a little bit of my point here. So, think about that. If if you see somebody like Conor McGregor is falling backwards because he's a little satisfied, I guess you can use the word. Right, right. All right, and I'm an upcoming guy. What better way to jumpstart my career? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know he's be- not as motivated. Yeah. 
I yeah. can say I beat Conor McGregor because one or two more fights and he won't be that same prestige win. No, no. Not. Well, I mean, honestly, I don't know if he's that same prestige win now after taking the second loss. I think he's got one or two for an upper coming, can, can make, a, make a statement, but I think after that there's no statement after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, man. I was just to get knocked out like man I mean he got knocked out it was crazy it was crazy it was pretty good though I um let me ask you this you think UCF is um you know as popular or has as much good energy around it now that some of the fighters are falling off like Khabib's gone McGregor's not the same yeah is there any really is there another Conor McGregor right now that's coming up that you think is going to bring the pizzazz to the UFC? Because I feel like it's a little stale. Yeah, well, yes. There's, so there's a guy named Sugar Sean O'Malley, and he has a lot of the same characteristics as Conor McGregor. He's 9-1, uh, and one, I believe, right now. Uh, he lost his last fight, but he, had, he re-injured like a broken foot that he didn't heal properly. So he's been taking time off now. But he's got that very fluid smooth just good feel to him when he fights um so he could be i don't think i don't think the ufc's fallen off by any means i think if anything uh i mean maybe obviously not having connor makes a difference but this whole covid thing and then being the first sport to come back and to have a fight every single weekend that was a huge push for them you know that was a big like hey you know when nothing else is here for you we're going to be here for you type of thing and i think it gave them it gave them something that you know even with connor they didn't have i agree with you i just think it's a little stale because um you take somebody that's not the average fight follower i.e like myself do i enjoy a fight here and there yeah do i follow it by looking at stats and right, right, right. Say, no i think those guys will never go away but i think the connor mcgregor's of the world bring people like me to want to watch the fight on that Correct. weekend yeah yeah i mean is there is there a another uh showman right now like connor no but it i mean like i said that sean o'malley kid when he comes back he could be but yeah i mean you're right they're gonna they're gonna have to try and find some outside source to bring in the masses but i mean like i said that the the covid push really helped them and there are guys coming up like there's a guy for a while kobe covington um he was he was really into it but he was his his stick was he was uh like he was a, like I mean, I guess he was like a he was a Trump supporter. So like everything was like he was Mr. President, this that, and like that was his thing, which was a good stick. It worked for him. Yeah. But you know now he's gonna have to transition as well. Try. So I think he's transitioning more of like a pro military, you know, doing it for the troops type of guy, which will work. But I mean, it's not. It's still not gonna be. You know, the, the fact of the matter is, Connor's shit talk was very good. Probably was some very of the best. I, I think the last time. I heard somebody shit talk that well was um, Channel. Channel, so I'm saying right? Chael Sonnen. Okay. Him and McGregor are probably the two best. Yeah, yeah. Straight off the rip, don't matter situation, you're not going to you're not going to whip me. Yeah, yeah. It just ain't going to happen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I just I think I think MMA could take a little bit from WWE if they're yeah. going to if they're going to increase and keep people like me interested. I think, yeah, I think if they want to step to that next level, mm -hmm. I think, uh, I don't want to say character development, because I don't, I don't want the UFC, the UFC to be as cheesy as, like, the WWE no. is. No, But that character no. development, like the WWE had back in the mid to late 90s, like when Stone Cold was in there and The Rock, like, they were very good, uh, they were good on the mic, you know, and that's the thing, like, 
there's certain characters in wrestling that were very good on the microphone, and that's what Conor McGregor bought, brought to the UFC that they didn't have before. Well, that brings your everyday guy in because yeah. I mean, you, it's just like it's like any sports. Like uh, me being an ex baseball player, you'll have the guys that go to the game and they do the box scores, and they're religiously about the box scores. Right. Then you got the guy that goes there just to see the the, the coolest guy now because you want to see him hit a home run. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of the same situation. So with fighting, unfortunately, you got to be a good promoter, right. whether you're WWE or or UCF. Yeah. And UCF should never get cheesy, but if they want to propel themselves and maintain and grasp that that large mainstream base, they got to have that, that guy. Right. And they got to propel that guy. And right. I'm always curious who's going to be the next guy because it seems stale to me because I haven't been interested in a fight. And it's, I say that based so on my own opinion because right, right. I haven't seen a fight in a while and I haven't – the last fight that really draw me were like, oh, I got to see this and I got to leave my house was the Khabib-McGregor fight. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like a passing of the torch fight. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, it was who can stop this wrecking machine that is McGregor. Correct. And Khabib was, you know, he was the guy. And it was, you know, and it was funny because up until that point, like, I knew who Khabib was, but I didn't, I wasn't like crazy about Khabib. I was no. like, man, I was like, he's not, I was like, I don't know if he's going to stop McGregor. I was like, I, I just, I don't think so. And then he showed up and I went, oh, this guy's a totally different <laughs> level. This is this is a, it's like college ball versus high school ball. Yes. It's, it was you know not even agreed, and it's not even a knock against Connor, but he's Khabib is just he's such a well, different well, animal. Connor just refused to wrestle at the end of the day, and then yeah. you're talking about probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, well, I think I think Connor was uh, I don't I think he didn't want to wrestle because he knew no. he couldn't out wrestle him. He you know I think he knew in the better. Connor's a good striker. His grappling's okay, but it was Khabib's like Khabib. It was the opposite. He's a phenomenal grappler and he's a great striker. Like I so, don't, I don't think McGregor's whole career wanted to do it. You're talking about a guy, okay? You're talking about a guy that walks around at about 175 pounds. Right. Think right. about that for a second. I walk around at 175 pounds, so I'm going to go in a ring with a 155 pound guy. I'm going to fight a 155 pound. From mental psyche, he's like, yeah, I'm going to this dude's ass. Yeah. Because I normally I'm 20 pounds heavier on a normal day. Right. Right. I'm just getting losing weight for his fight. So he just thinks he can dominate because he is quite taller than the average 155-pound man. Right. And he's normally not a 155-pound man. Right. Well, his striking capabilities, I mean. It's good. He's got really good striking. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know. So from an arrogant perspective, I can see him going, I'll do just enough. Never. From, right, from right. the start of his training right. to now, he's just like, eh, I'll just right. do just enough. Well, I, th I mean, I think. I think he trained. I mean, I feel like honestly, I feel like he trains. Uh, probably trains a good amount in wrestling and grappling. But his his striking capability was so much more advanced than his his grappling wrestling. He relied on that. I he, almost feel like he's more of a boxer. Like he. Oh yeah. What? I mean, I, I don't think he got enough credit for the um, fight with Mayweather. I thought he, he fucking boxed his ass off for the first six rounds. Yeah. He just got tired. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he got tired. Yeah. He was wearing him out. Mayweather knew what he was doing. He was all right. I'm gonna yeah. just wear him down, and then when he's wear down, I'll take care. I mean, of if he didn't run out of gas, I think he would beat Mayweather. Yeah. Well, maybe personally. so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it certainly was. You know. Because even you can watch the. the I, I go back and I watch the interview of after that fight. Even Mayweather's eyes were like, "Holy shit!" You know, like, this guy just fucking whooped my ass for first six rounds. Yeah. Yeah, and he was even impressed. He was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely think you know, like I said, yeah, McGregor his his I mean his grappling's not bad, but his he's just he's been so rel reliant on his striking, and you know the majority of his fights he's won, 
who's won by knockouts in the first round in the first minute. Yeah. So it's human nature leaning our strength. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, more weakness. Yeah, if, you know, like I said, if I if I had had twenty some fights and twenty of my had won by knockout in the first round, I'm I'm probably not going to go. All right, well, let me take this guy down and see where I can go. What do you think? I almost feel like he made a mistake coming back. He should he. I feel like he should have rolled that Mayweather fight into boxing. I think he would have had a had a lot going on. If he I don't that. know if I think it was a mistake for him to come back. I think it was a mistake for him to sit so long stagnant. Um, if he had done the Mayweather fight, lost, and then be like, okay, well, this was fun, but I'm going to go back to what I love. I'm going to go back to you What know, if he MMA. went to boxing? Because boxing is what he loves. What if he just rolled that into I a mean, boxing I career? I think he could. I just don't know. Like, I mean, can you imagine his, his voice in boxing like that? Yeah, I just don't know if he, he'd have the same following now. Yeah, I mean, you know, hmm. he's been, you know, well, because he's, he's coming off of the last four fights he's had. He's lost three of them. He lost the one with Khabib. He then did Mayweather. He lost. He did the one with Cowboy Cerrone that he won. And then, you know, he just had this one where he, like, I mean, it's not like, it's not like he lost by, like, you know, a judge's decision. Or it's like he got knocked the fuck out. Like, that's where Chris Tucker comes out on Friday and he's like bro you got I mean like he I mean Connor just went down and was just laying there looked like he was t- trying to take a nap so do, you, so do you think he should just say fuck it I'm worth over 100 million dollars why should I even do this anymore I don't I mean well here's the problem I mean it's, With are the you lifestyle at, he lives 100 million dollars isn't going to last him for the rest of his life so he's got you know I, I mean, mean he's got his whiskey out though so he could do the Irish whiskey and I think he's I think he's sad I don't think he's gonna run out of money but I mean at what point do you say, well, if I do any more, I'm going to damage my right. Well, I mean, I th- my I'm, legacy. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and I can't – I mean, I don't want to say it's damaged now. I don't think that's I the case. I think he's at that crossroads. I think, yeah, I think it's like, hey, bro, if you lose another fight, all this, all this, you know, 10 years' worth of shit you did before. Eh. To the wayside. Yeah, yeah, because that fight last night was a big – Because you, you – was look, a big tide turner. I think it's a hard a – hard, it's hard to see the – the time to bow out. That's probably the hardest thing as an athlete is to bow out. Right. And like Chuck Liddell, once he got knocked out, he wasn't never the same. He right. bowed out. He said, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was just, and you know, that's the real, that's the first real knockout I've seen like Connor in. Because like with Khabib, he got basically choked out. Khabib just fucking squeezed him till he couldn't deal with it anymore. And, uh, but like this, man, like, he took a shot right behind the ear, and he dropped like a sack of potatoes. That's never happened to him. No. So, like, that's a big one. And, I mean, he, you know, he, he took it like a showman. Um, but I don't know how he goes from here. I don't know how he reacts. I don't know how it changes. You know, he uh, – so, That's such a hard um, – I mean, as a human, it's hard to get motivated at that level. Right, right. Well, especially, I mean, especially when your ego takes, you know, a couple good shots like that. I mean, he's got enough capital; he can do whatever he wants. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. He I can mean, put his energy investing in another company or doing. Yeah. Well, doing like this I say, he just started this whiskey, yeah. uh, this Irish whiskey, and I'm, you know, obviously that'll take off. Would have take off a lot more if he had won last night. But uh, I think what I think is interesting about it is I really think everyone, maybe even including Dana and the UFC, thought, okay, Connor's going to come back. This is going to be his win, and he's going to go for another big run, and we're going to get behind him. And now it's like, nah, you know, yeah. I mean, even from the jump start, UFC wasn't his love. His love was boxing, so he's not even boxing. His 
he used UFC because nobody would give him a shot at boxing. Right. That's how he cracked the door. Right. So if it wasn't his love to begin with, once you get paid, if you don't love it, love it. If it ain't in your, if it ain't in your guts, right, man, right, it, yeah, it, yeah, it happen. Yeah. It's rare air when you get somebody that, that that money doesn't change the way they are, and that's a very special individual that we see maybe one or two in a lifetime that do right. that. Right, for sure, for sure, yeah. It's just like it's just like any sport. You get a football player, baseball player, signs big-ass contracts, and you never hear from them again. Right, yeah. You don't, yeah. They don't put the stats up. They don't, you know, nothing. Right. It's um, rare air. Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, like I said, I just don't think – I don't think boxing gives them the same – I mean, I guess – you know, no pun intended, but it doesn't give him the same kick. You only get to use your hands. You don't get to do. Well, you're, you're right on that, but he always talks. If you look back at uh, his old documentaries and when they followed him around, all he talked about was boxing. Right, right. And, and how he was butthurt that he didn't get a chance at boxing, sum it up. Right. UFC, that's why he went back and fought Mayweather when he made a name for himself. But the thing that questions it, which is back to what you're saying, is why didn't he take that ball and run with it? He had an opportunity after his display – very good display, in my opinion, even though he didn't win against Mayweather, but a, f- a very good showing that he could have he could have rolled that into some really good fights. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, circuit. absolutely. He could. I mean, he could have ran with that ball, and you know, because really, I mean, if he had beat Mayweather, you know, awesome, amazing. But the fact that he didn't didn't really change anything because no one's beat you know no one's beaten Mayweather. So it's like, you know, it's it's if it, it's it doesn't it doesn't change it for him because you know like i said it'd be one thing if mayweather had been beaten by a couple people and he lost but you know it's it's may it's, it's floyd mayweather yeah. so you know i think yeah he totally could have ran with that boxing career if he wanted to but like i said this this stagnation he uh he kind of fell into it's, i think that's been that's been the worst thing weird because he kind of spiraled after that fight yeah a couple rests you know yeah well he's crazy yeah, i was gonna retire now i'm yeah. not retiring this you know I don't know. It's like I have all this money, but what do I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get one hundred thirty million dollars after a fight from a kid that had no money. Right, right, yeah. I mean, imagine you wake up tomorrow and your bank account says you got one hundred thirty million dollars. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Your thought process ain't gonna be the same. No, no, not at all, not at all. I mean, I think you know, for Connor, if he wants it, um, I think he'll they'll offer him that Michael or that Brian Chandler fight. Uh, you know, if he wants it, and which would be a good fight for him because Brian Chandler's good. Um, but Conor McGregor, who used to be the notorious Conor McGregor, at least I feel in the public eyes, will not be anymore. No. He's, he's, you know, he's an excellent fighter, but he's not the it, guy anymore. It'd be the thing of the past. Yeah. I just think that um, the reason I brought that up earlier about um, somebody propelling UCF, I think UCF has done things to propel them into a position – that could be very successful. You you take all right. We're at a very interesting time in our lives. You take football, baseball, NASCAR, and now golf. It didn't look like golf was going to do it, but now golf got on this bandwagon of the woke agenda. We're going to appease all these little blue check Twitter Twitter feeds. Yeah, yeah. And basketball has lost almost eighty percent of their fan base. Yeah. Football's lost sixty percent of their fan base. The playoff games are down 8.5 million viewers year over year. Yeah. Okay. Dana White refused to get on that bandwagon and said, fuck off. He literally told everybody, go go, go, go away. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. He, he supported you whether you were – you had one fighter, I forget his name, stand up and called like Covington racist and all that stuff. Dana White didn't punish him. Dana White said, hey, he can stand on his soapbox just like Covington can stand on his soapbox. Yeah, yeah. And he supported both people. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's, that's and, how and it I, should be. I, I, that is how it should be, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think he has, he has. Um, that is basically the, what America's about. Okay, we can agree to disagree. That's right. what we're here for. Right. That's okay. Right. Yeah. But he didn't. He didn't say anything bad about one fire or other. He didn't support one fire versus the other. Nobody got suspended. Nobody got in trouble. He just said fight. Right. Right. Yeah. So you take that and all these fans that are dumping these people because at the end, at the end of the day, the the. The majority of America don't want that bullshit. Stand. We turn our TV on to watch football, baseball, fighting to escape the bullshit that we got to deal with from a nine to five, from working, from going to work, listening to fucking crap news, you know, to hearing other people talk about it. We don't want to hear that shit. Right. And so you, you have an opportunity that if he right now can find the next Conor McGregor, I think they can really su- supplant themselves as a top three sport entertainment company. In the, right. In the well, country. I mean. I definitely think they're on their way. And, I mean, he's constantly scouting. So, I'm sure if, if the guy's there, Dana will find him. There's no doubt. But he's, me, on, but he's on all the right shit. He just needs that one guy that's going to flow in at the right time and take that, and that's propel him up there. Because, obviously, all these people that are leaving, those sports are finding other things to do. Right. They're out. Yeah. They're done. And I think people are making a mistake because these guys think that they're going to come back. And, and as humans, once we, once we, once we replace time – it's right. almost impossible to get that time back. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if I get up and, and my Sunday was covered with, okay, I'm going to watch football all day, all right? Now I don't watch football all day. I don't want to do that. So now I find out I, I'm taking my kids to my park or we're going to the field, and we're doing that. Now I create a new habit. Yeah, the once odds, you replace a habit with a habit, the chance of going back. The odds of football getting me back are probably less than 2%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ever. Absolutely. Well, they say, you know, psychologically, they say to change a habit, you have to replace it with a habit. Mm-hmm. You can't just quit doing something. you got to replace it with something else. And once you do, yeah, you, the chances of you going backwards Done. are very, yeah, it's very, very unlikely. I'd like to see them run with that. Just because yeah. I thought he handled the situation very professionally and very well. Yeah. And he didn't get bullied. Yeah. He did it. So this is where I am. This is where I stand by. I think that's the biggest thing, whether we like it or not. Whether I agree with it, whether you agree with it, whether anybody agrees with it, I think that's a lot of principle there. No, for sure. No, absolutely. And I'd love to see somebody come in again and fucking swoop that thing up. I know. I know. I would love Yeah, I would. And it was even like Connor, when he you know came back this time, and he was nice, for lack of a better term, nice Connor. I hated it. Like, you know, I mean, like, I was just like, uh, <laughs> I, I miss, yeah, you know, like, I, I respect it. I'm glad to see that he can be, uh, you know, a I guess for, I don't know, noble, a gentleman or whatever. But at the same time, I go, hmm, I kind of like that guy who was talking shit and pissing people off. Well, because you like the motivation. There's motivation about it. There's yeah. passion. It's well, true. He was he was saying it, and he was backing it up. And he was just like, he, he was, you know, he was almost an unstoppable force, you well, know? I mean, at the end of the day, people people back truth. If I'm being honest, whether it is, whether you like it or not, people just can't turn away from it people are attracted to that reality that somebody is just showing you pure honesty yeah yeah and not hiding it yeah because you, you get so wrapped up in a society where you get um people dislike a politician or like a politician based on how he speaks it's the dumbest thing i've ever seen right yeah but people get so tired of that fake where you you have to present this way or you have to present that way and then somebody comes out with a little bit of raw truth and they don't give a fuck everybody's like yes yeah oh, finally yeah. oh yeah finally totally. absolutely finally you know, because yeah. we want to hear it. I mean, at the end of the day, we really want to hear it, and that's that's the personality UFCs I'm missing again. Like, who's that? Who's going to be that guy? I also think they're going to go away of boxing, and they got to be real careful. I, I mean, me, I think the personal 
boxing would have been a lot more popular if they would have cared more about the middle to heavyweight. I think middle to heavyweight's your cash cow. Yeah, well, I think with boxing, too, you have, uh, you know, the thing UFC has over boxing is there's that, that one governing body, and they were mentioning that the other day. With boxing, you got all these little sub-companies, and they've all got their own belts, their own weight, you know, like, oh, we got our people in this weight. Yeah, yeah, there should be one company, one belt, you know, you work up, the, you know, you have one middleweight, I mean, one no. welterweight, one, yeah. Football, baseball, basketball, they don't play fucking multiple championships. Yeah, yeah. It's one. Yeah, well, it's not like, it's not like you got the NFL, and then the AFL, and no. then the XFL, and then, you know, like, there's one thing, and there's teams amongst that one company. You know, uh, I mean, a, a good point to combine that, I think, is a good idea is think about this. You talk about one, you take about all those side side fighters, like why wouldn't UFC go, okay, we're going to have a tournament, every championship from every, every champion from every uh, division or fascist. Right, fascist, right, right. Come and meet, and we'll have one big giant fight. Right. Well, we're, I think, I think, take all belt. I think. Because uh, if you took the champion of each of those, that would be. Oh yeah, yeah that would be pretty. Dumb. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, that. I think the issue is, it's. You know, it'd be like it'd be like, Chevy, Ford, and yep. you know Why Nissan not? or whatever getting all their best sports cars and go. All right, we're gonna have one race, winner take all. Well, you know, all these other ones are going. Well, fuck. What if we lose? What if we you lose? You know what you do? That creates motivation. You know, if you go out and you think you're the best, and you know they all, th- everybody thinks we're the best. That's just yeah. the reality. Story. Yeah. So they're thinking they're the best, and they come out and they get their head smacked. Guess what's going to happen next year? Yeah. I but, think it was as good as I thought it was. Right. Okay. See, so. the problem there is though with a with a corporation, is if you lose, you lose all that money, and for them, they go financially. Is it worth the risk? I don't think you lose all that money, man. The loser never loses money. Everybody loves a good comeback. That's true. Everybody loves a good That's underdog. True. And I think if I had to guess, you know, obviously, not like I know Dana's I mean, if, thoughts, that, if that was true, we wouldn't have the Olympics. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, you take it from that perspective. Like, I think, I mean, if you just went once every couple of years or once a year and you took, like, hey, I present my five best fighters, probably prevents its best fighters, Belgium right. brings its best fighters. You know, Russia, over in Russia, they have something similar like that. It's like UFC fighting, but it's teams of five. And it's just all out brawl. There was a there was a guy. We'd have to Google his name. I can't remember his name, but you might remember his name. I thought was probably one of the best fighters in the world in his, pr- in his prime, and he wouldn't fight in UFC. Yeah, I also think from Dana's perspective, it's like, why invite the competition in when you're just trying to eventually eat them? <laughs> yeah, like you should. Like I look at it like I, I kind of look at it for Dana the same way Vince McMahon did with the WWE back in the you know like. Late nineties, early two thousands, where instead of you know, he's just he's slowly but surely just taking their best away from them, and you know, almost just like it's like slowly just buying them out. But okay, what's the better way to recruit for you? I mean, yeah, yeah. Think about they take a whole other level. Yeah. Like okay, I do this, and I'm looking for up and coming talent. Right. What better way to see it? Because if you if if I was from UFC and. Dana White's hanging himself as the highest, and I go, well, that guy's pretty good in yours, but I don't think he'll survive in mine. And then he comes out, and he fucking wears the guy out. Guess who I'm recruiting? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they did with that Brian Chandler guy last night, you know, because he's, you know, he's acclaimed the best fighter that's not in the UFC, and, you know, he got his opportunity last night. 
and uh, he put it he put it to Dan Hooker. So that was a good fight too. There he goes right there, Fedor. That's him. Oh yeah. Gosh. If that dude was unstoppable for years. Yeah. And if you see him fighting, I would love to see him fight in U UFC. Fedor, uh, it's Fedor Elmanenko. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't get them. I can't, I can't get them Russian names. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I would love to see that. Right. For sure. For sure. I just think that um, that's another thing not capitalizing. I think middleweight when. If you keep the masses and you want to be huge, if you don't keep the, the middleweight going, right? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Middleweight and welterweight, I think no. you're, you're, you know, the heavyweight's good, but heavyweight. Um, that that one nine, the one eighty five to two hundred five class. Yeah, that's where you're primo. That's how you yeah. keep everybody engaged. Yeah, the average watcher like myself, that's the guy. That's how you keep them engaged. No, for sure. No, absolutely. I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, I think I, I for sure think that's where that's where your gravy is. Yeah. That's you know that's where that money really is. You know that's that's and we haven't I haven't I can't tell you. It's probably been oh shit, five six years since I. Yeah. Which last fight you can talk about in that weight class that was worth a shit? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, it, yeah. I mean, it would have been probably. I mean, how long has it been since Silva been relevant? Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Like I, said, I, I mean, I think they got guys coming up. It's just, it's, uh, it's different. It's different now. It's different than what it was then. Uh, you know, there's a lot more technicality to it. You know, used to, it was, I don't say a blood sport, but I mean, it was like, it was like closer to bare knuckle fighting, like bare knuckle boxing than it was what it is now. Now it's, you know, used to you had a couple guys who knew some sort of martial art, but most of them were just brawlers and they were ready to fight. And, yeah. you know, I feel like now um, everyone knows martial arts. Everyone knows a multiple, you know, facets of the martial that's arts just, and stuff. That's reality of anything that gets big, you know. Yeah, well, everyone yeah, you have it. to. It's the only way to stay stay I mean, alive. The old days, you didn't have weight class. You had Hoist Gracie and they were whooping everybody's ass at 150 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and no matter what they were. You were yeah. sitting there watching this on VHS going, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, like how did he do that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting to see how it's evolved. You know, like I said, I started, I started watching it back when Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture were really fighting it out. I've watched it from day, I was watching it from day one because my dad would bring home the VHS is from the movie gallery. You remember the movie gallery? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. I've watched it from day one, and, I mean, Horse Grace was unstoppable. I watched it from when there – it didn't matter what you weighed. You fought. Yeah, yeah. Whether you're 150 to 300 pounds. Isn't it crazy to think that there used to be a movie, like places you go to rent movies? I get caught up thinking about junk like that. Like, yeah. a man, like, you used to go to the store – Blockbuster for some reason always like as a kid it was like they had the coolest carpets everything seemed so cool there you go there you're like ah oh, the movies you know then they had the video game section and sure. you're like I could walk around Blockbuster for hours when I was a kid yeah that's yeah. like one of the most thrilling things in the world like, I know going here. I know check out all the movies and you didn't care if you liked it or not you're just like oh man look at this movie look at this look at that then you had the adult section <laughs> I remember being a kid you're like oh man I don't know what's happening back there. there but I want to go in there <laughs> That's funny, yeah. I know, dude. It's kind of crazy how times, you know, I hate to sound like an old guy here, but to think oh, about time, yeah. you know, the evolution of things. Goes quick. Yeah, well, it's like when I was talking to Shane last last time, me and him were chatting. I was like, man, I was like, 
I can remember because Shane Shane barely made the 90s. He was born December 30th, 1999. So he's literally, yeah. So like I was telling him, I was like, bro, I was like, you don't even understand. I was like, I can remember when there wasn't real internet, there wasn't cell phones. Like, you know, like it's, it's so much different now. And I think it's, you know, it's good. You know, I mean, obviously technology is good, but like at the same time, I go, man, there's so much stuff that, uh, some people don't understand. Sword. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sort I think I think from a societal point, it, it does benefit us, but I, I also think it does a lot of harm to us too. I mean, right. Well, you know, it's like anything the, else. The it's a tool. Factor, you can, the human factor. The more we eliminate the human factor of things, the worse it's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. We can't deconnect, and that's literally the route I, I fear that we're going is is people are going to get less and less connected. Yeah, well, I mean, 100%. It's happening now, before well, our eyes. Odd, yeah. Somebody's going to listen and go, what do you mean? We're connected everywhere. And no, not not electronically. I yeah, mean, I mean, person yeah. Person to person. Yeah. Are we, are we electronically connected? Yes, but the physical connection is not there anymore. No, that, you know, that, it's, that's, that's why discourse is disappearing. If you look at, at life, people just don't want to hear the other side. Right. Whether you're right or wrong. We just, yeah. Society's getting to where we don't want to hear it. Yeah. Well, and it, we're, we're, yeah, we're in a, a society now where you can, you, you it's been, we society's now been made where we can cut out whatever we want and, you know, we can stick to our tiny tribe of, you know, agreeers and whatever else, and, you know. That's, and that's like the worst thing because, you know, you're basically going to set yourself to go backwards because... You don't learn nothing. Yeah, I was if about to say, you take away the capability to learn something. If we don't something. disagree, then we will never learn from each other. Because at the end of the day, I don't know everything, you don't know everything, your point of view is not always going to be right, my point of view is not always going to be right, but how would I ever get to see the other point of view if I'm afraid to hear it? Right, yeah, if you're not willing to, to let your you know defenses down for a minute and go, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, but if I don't listen to them, I won't know. Correct, and that just causes you to be in this little shell, and then you can't handle nothing. Yeah, Nothing. Yeah. You can't have nothing. It's insane to me. It's like, it's like, uh, it goes back to the basic thing that's got taken away from us. And it's so basic. Like I go to, I, when I went to school, you know, I'm, unfortunately I'm old enough to be where we had the boys and girls dance at school. Yeah. Okay. You go to the first boys and girls dance middle school. Nobody wants to fucking do it. No. It's fucking yeah. uncomfortable. You're standing there with your friends and, in the corner going, uh, yeah. up, your, your hands are sweating. You're like, I don't want to fucking do that. Who's going to be the first one? Who's going to go out there and embarrass himself and go get the first girl and do this? And you're going through that. You're yeah. going through that anticipation. You're going through that adversity. And you're learning and teaching as a child at that point of view. I'm learning to overcome something now. Not yeah. realizing it, but I'm learning to overcome this. Yeah. And so now we're overcoming those things. So kids that are coming into the world now don't have that. All they got to do is swipe left or right to get laid. I know. I Where's know. the adversity in that? I know. I know. So it's, they're not overcoming nothing. It's crazy. And so when they go in the real world... Like in, in, in my industry, when doing, I've been in sales most of my life. When you get in my world and you don't know how to overcome adversity, you, your life's coming to an end. Yeah, it's yeah. like the world's ending. Yeah, no, it's difficult. Yeah, and you know, especially in sales because whoever, regardless of what you're selling, whoever you're trying to sell to, especially in the car business, they're coming to you already. You're the enemy, so they're already. You know, there's not gonna. One out of 100 do the people come and they're nice and like, yeah, this is what we want. We're cool with the payment. It, you know, very rarely do you get that. Most of the time it's like, nope, nope. Even if you're as realistic as possible, it's nope, this ain't what we're doing. So immediately you got to go, okay, well, what's the real problem here? Where are we at? And why is it that we can't Which get are, this happening? Those people aren't developing those skills. 
throw right. projections. Yeah, it's, it, they just melt down. It's like I don't, I don't know what to do. But you take something as so for granted, it's so simple. From that, it wasn't designed for that. It right. was just something we did to help kids get better at socializing with each other. But we forgot how powerful that little action is, is for youth. Oh yeah, that's extremely powerful. Oh yeah, and that's that's sad because that doesn't happen anymore. No, absolutely. Well, it does yeah, not there's happen anymore. I know it's weird. It's weird, and you know, I always try to stay, you know, um, very open-minded in the thought of trying to see the different perspectives. Because you know, I can remember back when I was a kid, and you know, they would. I, I bring this up all the time, but parents are like, "Oh, you shouldn't play video games. It's bad for you. It's bad for you." And this, that, and the other. Well, now there's kids who make millions and millions of dollars a year. But does that make it good for you? No, but doesn't necessarily make it bad for you. How do you know that? Well, I'm out. I don't. Money does, that's just money, it. Money's not right or wrong. Right. I don't necessarily think it's bad or good for you. But this idea, you know, the the idea was that it was bad for you because you would waste your time and you wouldn't progress in some way or another. But now, you know, like I said, there's kids who hop on um, YouTube and. I I, I don't. Um, I think there's some truth to that. I think there's truth on both sides. It's like anything, okay? Okay, what's the, okay? If I go out there and I play baseball my whole life from start to finish, live, breathe, and sleep, and I don't, I don't become a pro, did I waste my life? Hmm. I mean, no. I'm sure there's plenty of lessons you've learned throughout that time. No, see, that's just. I don't think anything is. I mean, it's 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 all um, relative. Depends, it depends. It depends on the situation. Yeah. I mean, I play video games, and I don't think anything's wrong with video games to an extent. Now, would I want my kids sitting in the house for eight hours playing video games? Absolutely not. I don't right. care. I don't care. Right. No. I don't care how much money you get paid. No. Right. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if I have ten million dollars in the bank, but I'm a recluse and I sit in my fucking house all day playing on a computer all day and I don't socialize with nobody, is that really the life you want somebody to be a part of? That's not experiencing life. Right. No, I agree. I agree. So I mean, there's 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 factors there I think that are very important, and I think I think you can be healthy and do either or. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I mean, I, I guess ultimately it's it's that balance. It's trying to, you know, because I that think. That is the trick. Yeah, that obviously, you know, nothing. I don't think anything necessary in life. Well, I mean, I guess other than like murdering somebody or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, nothing's really good or bad. It's just, it's, it's how you handle the experience and how you, you know. I, mean, I can think a lot of things I go, oh, that wasn't, that didn't pan out well. Well, and consum then, it's consumption. What, what level of consumption are you allowing? So uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think anything is relatively all that bad for you. But what level of consumption are we, are we allowing on that? Right, right, yeah. Because I think, I think the same thing. I think somebody that does nothing but a sport, whether it be football or baseball, that's all they do 24-7 as a kid is not healthy. Right. Just like I don't think video games are healthy. Because what happens is, is you get, as generic as it sounds, I call it preacher daughter syndrome, is what happens is if I, know, if I get this one thing, whether it's, baseball football whatever i play that one thing over and over and over and over and over and over i'm not allowed to do anything else what happens to me when i go to college and i experience something outside of that yeah yeah well yeah you get it blows your mind it blows your mind and you become addicted to it yeah no absolutely key key a good example and, and a lot of people can relate to it is josh hamilton probably one of the greatest baseball players that we've seen in our generation right okay preacher son yeah watch what he ate wasn't allowed to go to the wouldn't even go wasn't allowed to go to the gas station couldn't go to the gas station as a kid Parents told him what he could eat, what he couldn't eat. Okay, signed ten million dollars signing bonus. His first draft, number one draft pick out of at a high school. Right. What do you think he did? You know the very first thing he did when he left his house to go to the minor leagues. <laughs> Drove to a gas station, 
Ate 600 candy bars. Ate a bunch of shit out of the gas station. Yeah. Told his dad about it. Called his dad while he was doing it. But that, that goes to my point. When you, when you shelter somebody like that and you only focus on one thing constantly, 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 what do you think they're going to do when they experience something new? Right. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And then he, get a, then he gets addicted to heroin in the minor leagues. So it's just like Man. you're setting that up. Right. Right. You don't need to. You, you, there's got to be some sort of health to it, whether whatever you pick. Right. You expose their, You want to expose to be exposed to as much as possible, but you want to you want to nurture where the love is. So, if somebody's got five things they're doing, whether it's video games, baseball, basketball, painting, okay, they're doing all these things. Come, I'm, I'm gonna make them do all these things, and then I, as as a parent, I go, okay, my son's really fucking good at this video game thing. Yeah. Now right. I'm gonna nurture the video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm gonna support that. I'm gonna keep pushing a little here, a little there, a little there. But at the same time, keep them open. Let them keep doing that. Right. Yeah. Let them figure it out. But yeah. Right. Push them. Push them as they figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Then, then when they go in the real world, they're not. There's the shell shock's not as bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like brain's not going bam. Sensory overload. What is all this stuff? I have no idea. Yeah. No. For sure. So I mean, I, I think that that's where it's, the health comes in. Right. So I think yeah. anything because at the end of the day, I mean. If I, as a parent, I just want my kid to be passionate about something. I don't give a fuck what it is. Right, yeah. I don't yeah. care if it's video games, painting. I just want to see passion. Yeah. I want you to own it. Own it. Own yeah, it. and that's a big, you know, it's it's a big thing. And, uh, you know, I've just, I've been noticing that here, uh, I don't know, over the past couple of years, I hit one of those, like, maturity moments in life. And uh, I just really, like, I've noticed... Uh, like that becomes a big focus of mine is going hey man what do you like doing don't don't worry about what it makes or what you know don't, what do you enjoy doing why don't you do that because if you're not doing something you enjoy doing obviously it's not something we can uh, every day every second we can do enjoy it but if you're not doing something you enjoy doing you're going to become miserable you're going to become bored you're going to become sick of where you're at in life and you know you you got to have something that you're passionate about and something you can follow with you know so yeah we do I think the biggest thing of uh, separating somebody from doing something passionate and not is fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Man, fear's the the biggest. Yeah. (laughs) The biggest thing. Fear will stop you from more things than failure ever Mm -hmm. will. Being afraid. I mean, it stopped me. It stopped everybody, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Fear. For sure. At one point in time, absolutely. And, I I, I mean, we we all want to lolly doll like perfect world, but fuck fear's a nightmare yeah oh yeah it's i mean that's fear and lack of focus are the biggest biggest stopping points of anything and i think uh going back i think these a lot of these kids coming up all they care about is which is disappointing they just want to be youtube famous yeah well i mean yeah i mean say everybody everybody i just want to be youtube famous yeah well it's it's in in our society now it's been kind of deemed the quickest uh and most successful i don't think it's as quick as they're telling people well, no, no, it never is. Nothing's no. ever as quick as, as you want it to be or think it should be. Um, it takes years. Yeah, I know. That's something I've been looking into. I mean, the thing you look at, oh, uh, a lot of kids don't take consideration, and it's our people's fault for not letting them know. Like, you take somebody that's famous, 
Okay, could somebody that's famous that doesn't have podcasts open a podcast tomorrow and have a million views? Absolutely. But what did they take? What did it take from them to be famous to already have a following? Right. Yeah. Right. They discount that part. They just think that oh, he opened a YouTube channel, they did a video and got a million views. Right. No, no, it ain't that simple. No, no. It ain't that simple. No, not at all. Most of those guys already have a pre-following. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like a guy I follow who does uh, YouTube automation, which is something I've been looking into. Uh, just you know, try to find some sort of passive income. This guy makes a hundred thousand dollars a month from YouTube automation. And everybody goes, "Oh man, well, That's ridiculous." Yeah, they're like, "Oh well, he's you know he's he must have done it." He goes, "Look, dude, he goes, I've been doing this for five and a half years." He goes, "And it took me five and a half years and thirty different channels to get to the point where I make this money." He goes, "Probably didn't make money most time." Yeah, well, he said like most of those channels. He said, um, you know, when he finally got it figured out, he goes. Even still, those channels were only making about twenty grand a year, you know. He goes, which I mean, it's not bad, but you know, he's like, dude, it's like it wasn't like, it's not like you put out one video and all of a sudden, oh, there it is, here you are. Like he's, you know, for five and a half years consistently, he's been putting out videos on thirty different channels to get to where he's at it now. It takes a lot of work. You got your production work. Everything's got to grow. Production content, yeah. everything. Yeah. It's we got to, but the problem is people don't want to start. And what we talk about fear is when you start, like AK here, you're here in your second episode, is stop doing it because you only got ten people to watch this. Yeah. That's where we. That's where fear comes in. It's like, oh, nobody's watching my shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just doubt. You doubt yourself. You go, oh god, this this ain't working. No, I not, not keep plugging along, and eventually, you know, you pick up five here, pick up ten here, pick up thirty, pick up fifty. That's how. That's where it goes. But I think we do a terrible job of letting people know that's how it works. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I struggle in my industry. You take um, my career as as always being a manager and always, always being a boss like that is like somebody thinks that I like that watched even me get promoted. Think I got promoted overnight. Yes, the promotion happens overnight, but the promotion took place a long time. Right, ago. right, yeah. From the all work the actions I did up yeah, to that day. The work to get to that promotion took a lot of time. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And people people don't don't can't can't connect that. Right. And that's the biggest thing. Even people come in and go, well, I want to, I want, I want to be where you're at. I said, okay, well, you need to do this, this, and this, and they'll do it for like two weeks, and then they'll stop. I said, yeah. that ain't how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this is consistency. It's got to be all day, every day, every time. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's the same with with kids wanting to do YouTube and shit like that. That shit don't happen. Yeah. Time, no. Well, and you know, and the thing is, it's, it's, yeah, it's consistency, consistency, consistency. That's, you know, can you do it? Absolutely. Can you make it work? Absolutely. Even can an idiot do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's consistency. It ain't about your talent or what. It's just constantly being on the ball. Always. Yeah. Always. It takes a lot of work. Man. Yeah. A lot. No, for sure. I think it's very under, un, people underestimate the level of work that's done. Yeah. Well, you know, it. the problem with the YouTube thing is it. Lo- it's like almost like comedy or anything. It looks easy from the crowd. Not yeah, exactly. It looks easy. You go, oh, well, that you know, I could do that. You know, it's like you know, well, it's like when you watch a comedian. You see a comedian, you're like, oh, he's just up there talking, telling jokes, hey, you know. But no, there's there's months and months of writing down jokes, going to a club that has no one in there, so you can sit here and try and work out the joke without that many people seeing it, and then you know, going through and figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and you know, it's. Two years worth of work goes in to make an hour special, and then you know after that you go, all right, well now I got to start all over again. So, uh, where do you think we're headed based on all this? I, I don't see. I don't know. I don't know because like 
my um my instinctual thing is to is to I don't say be fearful, but it's to go, oh, man, I don't like where this is heading. But I feel like that's the same way my parents were and their grandparents were and their my great grand. So, like, I go, you know, I see where in my mind, uh, probably in your mind, where we look at, like, the Internet and we go, oh, well, you know, I can see where this is bad and this is, you know. But at the same time, I go, yeah, but, you know, when I was a kid, they used to think playing video games was bad. And they were, you know, not to say that it's great. But there are people who make livings off of it and stuff like that. And it's not like it was totally detrimental to society. So, yeah. I, I, you know, like on the one hand, like I said, I can see where uh, social media, the Internet, all that stuff is, is destroying, you know, what I feel like is the fabric of what we know. I but think, I think social media is going to destroy us. See, but at the same time, I can go, okay. I can see where the good stuff is. That's just it. There's, there's, you know, there's that, that there's balance nothing, there. There's nothing good. There's never going to be any good when one faction controls everything. Well, yeah, that's, I agree with that. That's just life. It doesn't matter. And, and right now you're experiencing that in social media. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. One faction should not control nothing. No, I, I agree. I, I mean, we're definitely seeing that where, you know, there are certain people making decisions um, and influencing things that maybe they shouldn't have the power to do or you know, shouldn't well, be able to do. I mean, uh, obviously, people argue the fact that, oh, social media is a private company. Okay, fine, that's fine, private company. If they're so private, why are they taking out competitors? Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's not, that's not being a private company yeah. and just doing your own thing. That, that's, that's malicious. That's, that's like, hey, you're, you're going to do what I tell you or, or we're trying to eliminate you. Yeah. And that's where that's the crossroad that's scary. Right. No, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I do think that the benefit of the internet is uh, there's always the opportunity for someone else to make something else that can combat. Do you think there should be a, a internet laws? Um, well, I don't know how you necessarily go about governing internet laws. Um, well, like like you know, uh, some form of constitution, internet constitution. I mean, yes and no. I feel there should be rules to some extent. Do I think you should go up there and be like, hey, everyone go murder this piece of shit? I don't think you should do that. But at the same time, I don't think there should be suppression of, you know, your freedom of speech and things like that either. You know, obviously, I don't think you should have, you know, you shouldn't incite violence. I don't think you should do things like that. But at the same time, if you want to be like, hey, you know what? Fuck LeBron James. I don't think he's that good but, a basketball uh, player. And then, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's start with, <laughs> let's start with um, this is the, the unique thing that I always wonder, okay, what constitutes sign violence? Because you getting on, on, or me getting on here and going, yeah, I wish somebody killed Pelosi, nothing would happen. Right, right. Okay? But you take somebody like, at the skill set of like LeBron James, go, this is, this LeBron James went on national television and go, my kids are afraid of the cops. Guess what happens? Yeah. Cops get attacked. Yeah. Which r realistically happened. Yeah. Okay, so now you're talking to a guy that has that kind of clout. I was going to say, see, that's 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 kind of that, that grave factor is that amount of influence. Because if I go up there, I can say whatever I want on the Internet. No one's going to pay attention no to me. Yeah. You know, but, you know, yeah, if you take a celebrity or something, a celebrity has the power to try and influence. Really, okay, you, you, you break it down to just a simple speech. If I said my kids are afraid of the dark, I'm LeBron James. That's not that big of a deal, right? But if right. I, I said my kids are afraid of the cops, so I I, I think speech is uh, the point I'm getting at. Is I think speech is impossible 
to say one way or another. Right. Well, everything, everything has context and nuance. And well, context is by the beholder. Context yeah. is by the person that's taking it. Right. In. Right. Context isn't about what, how you say it; it's how I perceive it. Right. But I mean, you know, there's how am I to judge or try to mandate how you perceive things? Because that's what I think social media is doing now. They're trying to mandate how we're we're perceiving something that somebody posts. Right. Yeah. And you can't. You can't, you can't read context and nuance through uh, text, no. and that's, that's a big thing. Now with videos, things like that, it's a different story. I mean, I can obviously, you know, I can say the same sentence in two different uh, nuances mm -hmm. and have two different results. Um, but, yeah, as far as text goes and, you know, things of that nature, you can't – I don't feel like you can police that because to some extent, you know, I mean – I guess if you really try with your text and worded everything correctly, you could put some sort of nuance behind it. But, you know, in most cases, they're just words. And however you read them is however you interpret them. Of course. But that, that, that's the problem. You, the, the whole premise that there's such thing as hate speech is just the, the biggest lie I've, I've heard in right. a long time. Like, who, who decides that? Who's fucking playing God? Right, right. I can right. go. Well, you said the, the the roses are red. Well, I think they're blue. That's that's hate speech. You're hating me because you. Yeah. Agree. Well, see, I think and that's how basic it is. I think the problem with hate speech is, uh, I think your mic's turned a little bit. I think the problem with hate speech is, is everybody, um, you know, they're using it right now uh, with the wrong context. Hate speech. Uh, hate speech now. Is kind of is that it's 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 like when they call someone a Nazi now. It doesn't mean the same thing because it's been misused and misrepresented. So um, I mean, certainly there is such things as hate speech. I could type out "I hate white people," and that's no different that's than you saying even, "I hate blue." Right, but I mean, you know, I feel I like mean, I could find in, in the in the in Pierce context, there is no difference. Correct. Yes, but I mean, you know, you can also take some some sort of nuance out of Offending, it too. If if that offends you, that doesn't make what the statement is any different. Right. Okay. Yeah, I see that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That makes no difference. That's 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 the trouble you're having. You. That's the trouble that I this, the the road that social media is crossing that is 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 terrible. Right. Because that, that will happen one day. So you go, okay, we're going to ban you because we perceive you as racist. Okay, we'll use it as an easy example. Years now doesn't mean they're not come back and say, well, we, we think wearing black shirts are racist, so we're going to ban you for wearing a black shirt. Right. No, for so sure. So it's just going to progressively go because there is, there is no way to set a foundation. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think eventually it'll escalate to a point where it, seem, it gets so... Uh, so ridiculous that people just quit quit paying attention. To uh, not, I mean, not quit paying attention, but eventually it gets so far one way that everyone just goes, "Okay, well, we're not we're not we're not participating in this nonsense anymore." Um, I don't think we'll be able to see that reality. And the reason I say that, and, and okay, so all these uh, blue check mark brigades and all these mafias that go and attack people online—they're not—they're yeah. not—they're not mafias. Right. They're fucking two little fucking dudes sitting in a room right. that create thousands of counts that attack at once. Right. So we perceiving that as the mass when it's not really the mass. So they can they can keep that straight up forever. Yeah. Yeah. No. That, that that's the problem I'm seeing personally. I'm like I'm like, well this sucks because I mean what do you do because 
I don't think society really liked that. I think that we're kowtowing for right, people for, in a room. For 10%. Yeah, less than that. Yeah. Right, less yeah, probably like 1%. But yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I definitely think 1% uh, 1% of social media is controlling a vast majority of the way social media uh, gets portrayed. But um, I think... I, and I think... It, the idea of social media is a good idea, but the idea that you're, but you gotta, you gotta be all in. Yeah. What I mean by all in, you just, if they want to post it, that's on them. Yeah. You, well, see, you I have think three basic laws. You threaten to kill somebody. Right. Nudity. Right. Soliciting children. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Other than that, leave it alone. I you agree. Have to. I agree. If you don't, then you're just gonna start causing all kinds of problems because there's no way. There's impossible, just based on context, there's no way to define hate speech. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree that, uh, I agree that you should, you shouldn't be, there shouldn't be that much regulation on statements. I, I agree. No. Don't, don't try to have someone killed. Don't sell kids. Don't be showing boob. Well, you can show boobies. The fucked up part about it is, is the, re- the, the crazy part, you can go online right now. Uh, Twitter's in the middle of a lawsuit right now because a 13-year-old boy was coerced by an older guy to do some pornographic photos. Oh, no. Told him he's threatening to report to his teachers, parents, stuff like that. Kid reaches out to Twitter and tells Twitter the situation, reports the guy, verify, the kid verifies his age, verifies who he is, and Twitter goes, that does not, uh, that doesn't go against our uh, guidelines. Mm. So yeah. you got a guy that sent out pornographic pictures of a 13-year-old child with over 300,000 views of these photos on Twitter. Yeah. And they're saying it doesn't go against their guidelines, but if I post something pro-Trump, right. that goes against your guidelines. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah see, and I, I agree you with you. You see the crossroads of when you start Right, I agree with what you're saying. You, you know, for sure. See, here's the thing. Whether you're on the left or right, I think you should be allowed to put whatever you want. If you want no it, matter if, what. Yeah, if you want to talk about how great Joe Biden is, fantastic. Go if you want to talk about out. how great Trump is, fantastic. Um, but yeah, when it comes, you shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to sell kids or, or solicit. And any okay, sort. The fact they're okay with it—that's just this fucking yeah, mind-blowing. Yeah, that should have that should have instantly like, okay, uh, don't go on Twitter. Let us figure this out. Figure this guy out. We're sorry, kid, uh, and we're probably going to get the FBI involved as well. Like I, I mean, like here's the thing: because 20 years ago, when you had to catch a predator, they would have had, like, you know, that's what would have happened. They would have found this guy. They'd be like, all right, well, let's get the law enforcement involved. They'd have the, whatever that dude's name was. He would have showed up. Was it Chris Hansen, I think, maybe? <laughs> he would have showed up. They would have, like, you know, they would have been, all right, bro, well, you've been caught. But yep. that, um, I, I'd like to go even further. I, would, I wish they'd put an age restriction on it. Yeah, but the thing is, you, it's hard to regulate that age restriction. I know it's hard, but I mean, I, I'm, I mean, there's ways. There right. Is, there's ways, man. Because that's like when I was a kid, I remember, you I know. To say right now, I, I mean, with technology the way it is, they can't pinpoint. They I mean, can't, if they really wanted to, let's just be honest. Oh, yeah. If they really wanted to. If they wanted to, they certainly could. But, you know, I think without breaking laws and things like that, you know, I don't know how hard or how easy it is. To regulate, because I remember being a kid and you'd get something and it'd be like, 
uh, prove that you're 18 and you have to answer questions or whatever else. But it wasn't hard I mean, to get past that shit, bullshit. you no, know. No, no, but once again, like I said, they really want you. That's a half-ass attempt. Yeah, yeah. You got fucking hackers that can hack into the Pentagon if they wanted to. Yeah. It'd be real. Whether we want to do it or not is a whole other Right, question. right, yeah. But you're talking about social media will release more dopamine than you giving a bottle of vodka to a 12-year-old. Yeah. A, a, literally, a bottle of vodka is safer for a 12-year-old drink than to be on social media. Yeah. Now, think about that concept for a second. That's fucking scary. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, social media, is, it's, it's been classified in this weird way because in some ways it's a form of speech. And some, but, you know, but I don't know. Like, it, it classifies in a lot of groups that I feel like up until uh, social media was invented was not expected to be. So I think it's hard for people to figure out what it is and what it's not and how to regulate it without. I think the dumbest way to, the, the dumbest way for me to explain it is the betas are in control. Yeah. And is, I don't, not to knock anybody, but the reality is, is you don't want betas in control nothing. No, yeah, no, I understand that. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when, when it's time to make a tough decision, the difference between one person dying versus 500 people dying, you don't want the beta making that choice. Right. Because the beta is always going to get in the feelings, and they're always tendingly going to lean to the one, try to say the one, not thinking about the fact that if they just let this one die, these 500 survive. Right, right. Yeah. And so, you know, that's really well, what that's, yeah. to, that's, For me, to simplistic and basic down to dumb it down as possible, that's literally what we're going through. Right. Well, I they don't want, you know... They don't want, when it comes down to it, they don't want the mess on their hands. So they try and find the, 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 easy the whole save, you could save everybody the, it, no. And once, once again, basic control, I think personally with basic control, we spend too much time focused on our week. Right. And that bothers me. Right. Well, no, I, I, yeah. I that understand. bothers me. For example, like now in the United States, okay, you go to, you go to a theme park. Say you're fucking too fat, you can't fit on the roller coaster. We don't tell you to lose weight. We just shut the fucking roller coaster down. And tell nobody you can ride it there again. <laughs> right, right. That's not right. No, I, I get what you're saying. That's Absolutely. not helping nobody. Yeah, no. I mean, we certainly shouldn't. We shouldn't stop the masses for one, especially in a situation like that. That I'm trying to think how how I want to say this. Um, you can't you can't stop everyone for one person who's not on top of themselves. You know, it's kind of like the I mean, let's be honest, it's like the COVID thing, um, where they're shutting down entire states and stuff. Look, Should've never done that. I get it that it's a disease, and I'm not pretending like it's not something. You know, I'm, pretend, I'm not going to pretend like it didn't kill people or whatever else. But I think if you're elderly, or you fit, you know, the qualifying guidelines of that you're obese. Or whatever else okay maybe you should stay home maybe you should wear a mask those who are healthy those who are you know whatever let them go out and do their thing and continue should, living their life been treated like a fucking aspirin bottle you read a back of aspirin bottle it gives you recommended instructions right right why can't you do the same thing with covid yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah we recommend you wear a mask yeah when you go out we recommend you do this when you go in public yeah okay if you don't feel comfortable going in public don't go in public yeah well, and the thing is, like I said, if, if you're elderly or you're obese or you got diabetes or something that could put you at higher risk, sure, wear a mask, stay away from people. I get that. But to shut down everything for everyone and go, hey, this is the best way we can do it, 
No, that's why New York and California are falling apart at the seams. Well, that goes... You... Um, people wouldn't... That would be like the government... I mean, I'm going to say this because we're drinking. But <laughs> that would be like the government coming in saying, oh, you guys can't drink anymore. Yeah. Like... That's going to kill us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've drank enough of it, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Us. They don't... What's on the bottle? Recommendation. Yeah. That's it. No, absolutely. So, so, so why all of a sudden... Right. I mean, right. I, could, I could get into the, the whole, it was 100% political because all these same cities that were fused open have all of a sudden reopened now. Yeah. No, look, I, yeah. Michigan, Washington, D.C. I know. I know. All opened up. And I know. It's definitely. Yeah, all announced we're opening up. It's definitely, you know, <laughs> there's definitely some political bias oh, in yeah. there. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. But I mean, it, yeah, it's, you know, we're just, like I, mean, I said, just I, all the I chaos. Think, I literally think we're living in 1984, man. George Orwell fucking hit the head. I know. Head, man. It's fucking crazy to me. It is crazy. It we're is crazy. we're in an interesting time to say the least. In and I'm like, what am I gonna do? I know. It, it's bananas to me. I mean, I, I feel like you know, it's like, it's like, it, the reality that I'm starting to see is like, what's right is wrong, and what's wrong is right, and and that doesn't make any sense to me anymore. I know. Oh no, I know, I know. Well, that's really. Uh, in a lot of cases, that is where it seems to be, and that's, I find that interesting. I find it interesting from a biblical perspective, not to chase religion or whatever. But um, you know, I did grow up in a very religious household, and my, you know, my my mom's side of the family are, you know, for lack of a better term, Bible thumpers. So um, you know, I, and you know, I you know, it just but like it, at the end in the Revelations, it talks about you know, it says in the end times, you know, what is right is wrong, and what is wrong will be right, and it's. You know, not that I necessarily think this is the end times or that I think Jesus is coming back or, you know, Allah or whoever it is, what if whatever end you believe. Really but isn't meaning the end of life, but just civilization having to restart. Well, and I th- I've thought about that too because you got to think about it. Like, you know, th- there was Rome, there was Egypt, like all these big, they fell. All yeah, all these big dynasties fell and they fell pretty much within in the same way we're fall- falling now. Did you know they're all within 100 years? Oh, yeah. Hmm. All after 100 years. All right around that hundred-year mark. Guess yeah, where we're at? A hundred-year mark. Are we? Or really, yep. It's always around the hundred-year mark that they all start falling and crumbling apart. Societies. Now, what do you mean the hundred-year mark? Because I mean, like, like obviously the we ro- the Romans and stuff like that. When you yeah. Do research, it was like they they start getting prosperous and then they they peak and they're like the top dog for about. Oh, they years. peak. Okay, and so prosperous for a hundred years and then yeah, crash. Yeah. Okay, and then that's basically yeah. I mean, because we've we, we the same spot. yeah we became started to become prosperous mm-hmm. prosperous in the twenties, nineteen twenties. No shit, huh? When we, when we propel ourselves to first, not from the start of civilization, but when we propelled, because we became the new Rome, if you want to correlate, after the First World War when we own everything. Right, right. So you take that. We're approaching our hundred years. Yeah. Huh. And look what ha- look what happened to society. It's it's tearing itself apart. I know it, re- it. It really is. It yeah, really I mean, is, and that's. I mean, I, I mean, I think there's some truth to that. I think there's a lot of stuff that's like, uh, but I think we've pushed society farther than any other. Oh, I think so. I, I think. Mean, I mean, I, you know, we we've definitely pushed it, pushed the envelope the furthest. But I mean, nonetheless, you know, it's it, that we're we're definitely at a a a time where it does seem like things are falling apart and well it is i mean i read the book from um i don't know if you, you heard of it yet it's, it's by uh klaus schwab the great reset okay he talked at the economic forum this year okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay and so the, their whole thing is um they want one currency digital currency throughout the entire world 
They want to eliminate meat. They don't want us consuming any meat. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> they want to eliminate all petrol oil. Okay. Period. Everything's going to be electric. Yeah. Yeah, which they're already somewhat, the, somewhat in the, the process of. The starting, man. Yeah. It's fucking scary. Well, I mean, you got to think. We got, we got Bitcoin. We got, mm-hmm. you know, electric they, cars are are certainly in his book, the way. They're talking about vaccinations every six months. That scares me, too. Yeah. Every six months. That scares me, too. And the thing is, really, the idea of vaccinations every six months itself isn't scary until you involve people and realize people are corrupt. You know, if, 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 if you know, because I'm certainly, I'm, I'm certainly not an anti-vaxxer. I think vaccines, I mean, you know, we got rid of polio and, you know, a lot of big diseases. But, well, I mean, I had to do something. Sanitation has something to do with that. Well, we're not shitting in the street anymore. Well, yeah, that's well, true, too. Around, we were shitting in a gutter that's, on the side of the road. That's true, too. That's true, too. Absolutely. But, I mean, like I said, you know, it. You know, I certainly think vaccines are helpful. This idea, though, of, you know, it's just a problem, though. The problem is people are messy and people are corrupt. And The problem is is, is we, we will disagree on vaccinations because we don't know the truth because they don't give us the truth. Right, that's right. The problem. Right, yeah. And even if they're not being mischievous, the fact is, unfortunately... Uh, our government and our world leaders and everyone who ever seems to get in any sort of power ends up being, you know, a corrupt person anyway. And that it's hard to trust something like a government. I mean, think about it from this perspective. Uh, I think the medical industry is pure business. I don't think they oh, have yeah. any, any inclination of caring about our health. Period. No, well, if they did, they would. So how can I trust? How can I sit here and honestly go, okay, you're putting in a vaccine in me to benefit me? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, because greed and corruption every time ever takes all of it, and that's the problem. Because if they were truthfully concerned with the health of people, they would look for cures, not ways to you know just just you know keep shit at bay. And that's that's well, the problem. Cures don't make money. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cures don't make money. Like uh, I think it's like seventy to eighty percent of the medical revenue comes from cancer research. You yeah. Think they're gonna let you cure cancer. No, not at all. You'd bankrupt the medical industry. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why I say, you know, that's the problem. That's what, ma- you know, that's, it's, you know. That's the fucked up part. I mean, it's life, but it is. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It it is, is, it's, it's. That's why I'm very questionable about, I think, Dr. Salesman. Yeah. Let me, do I think we don't need them? No, I think we need them. Let's not be right. crazy now. Yeah. But do I think they're there to sell you? Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't have to shit. They, they pedal, well, probably more, 90% of the pills they try to pedal down uh, your throat, you can get from food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Enough research, you can just eat the right food and you're fine. Yeah. Well, that's just it. For the longest time, people did. They just ate food. They ate yep. certain foods, and that's what, you know, kept them going. And, uh, yeah, we're always looking for this quick fix. I and, learned that uh, a long time ago. I read a good article. I, I wish I, were, I saved it, but... This lady was was upset that her son was autistic, mm-hmm. you know, and she got really, really upset. So she went to doctor after doctor after doctor trying to find out some way she could help her kid. And finally, she was just so exhausted. Out of nowhere, she's like, okay, let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask. I'm going to talk to a dietitian. So she went and saw one of the top dietitians in the country. Dietitian puts him on a special diet after testing and all that. Puts him on this diet. Within three months, you wouldn't even know he's autistic. Hmm. He had food allergies. No shit. Well, I mean, look at Michaela Peterson, you know, Jordan Peterson's yeah. daughter. You know, she was uh, diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. She had her hips and ankles replaced before she got out of her teens. And she went to this all-meat carnivore diet. 
and now she can walk and do everything just like a normal person would do and she was you know bedridden for a, the first part of her life you know so it's like this idea this idea and you know i mean certainly they spent plenty of time with doctors and everyone else and it's just you know unfortunately unfortunately medicine and you know nutrition it's all it's all different for every person everyone's different i could eat something that benefits me that you eat that would not benefit you and vice versa and this idea that we're going to be able to just here's a vaccine this will fix it here's a pill this will fix it like that's not how that's 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 not how it works reset is is they want to go and vaccinate you get rid of get rid of uh animals Get you all your protein through vegetables and whatever fake shit they're going to give you. Right. And what better way to control the mass by the food? Yeah. You control everything by food. Well, yeah. I mean, because think about it. If they were to shut down the food system right now, how many people can grow their own vegetables? Yeah. Think about what you can cause through just food. Because, you know, you you manipulate food, you can keep people sick. Yeah. You keep people sick, you can keep funneling money through the health industry. Yeah. You keep people sick, they rely on who? Yeah, they rely on the government. They Correct. rely on the, the doctors. They rely on all. They're, of them. they're just. It's just a, a vicious cycle because these people are, are controlling. Look what happened. Guess who's the number one farmland owner in the country right now? That was a couple of days ago they announced. Who is that? Bill Gates. Oh no shit. Hmm. Bill Gates. Man, you know that's a scary dude to be in charge of anything. I know, and I never wanted to think Bill Gates could be a bad guy because I liked him. But God bless, it, it doesn't. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's not, but it definitely doesn't look good. <laughs> he he no. seems to be invested in all the wrong things. <laughs> no, I mean you go back to those old TED talks. He tells tells everybody, and everybody just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's I fucking know. scary. I mean, it, it's pretty scary. I mean, I I feel like, um, you know, we were talking about right versus wrong. I mean, look at now. You look at the there's fucking live CCTV TV video of them stealing the election in Georgia, like them actually doing fraudulent activity, and nobody cared. Yeah. Oh, they, I know. Nobody cared. The courts didn't care. The, the military didn't care. Right. Nobody cared. Right. That's terrifying. The fact that nobody cared about that scares shit out of me. Right. Yeah, well, I didn't see what you're talking about, but the, I, I mean, it's very... it's been very prevalent that uh oh yeah there's a video that no one uh, that no they, one seems they, to uh, care so uh they claimed in a pipe pipe burst so they shuffled everybody out of the room and then two two people stayed and what they did was as soon as everybody's out of the room they pulled all these ballots from underneath the table uh. and they were constantly running them through the machines over and over or over and over and over and over and over for two hours that's crazy and they got it on cctv watching this that's crazy and so it's like Okay, whether it's real ballots or not, that's enough that I want an investigation. That, yeah, that's enough that something, you know. I want to see some yeah. real, real live independent investigation. Yeah, there should be something on once. But, but yeah. People, people are like, eh. Well, that's eh. just it. I. They did a good job. I mean, you got, you got how, a lot of people in our circle, and a lot of people I know, they say they what they say, but at the end of the day, whatever this phone tells them, whatever that TV tells them, if that TV told them to go play in traffic, they're going to be the first ones playing traffic. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's... They're... Especially now. Okay, so now that it's over, now that, that Biden's been declared the winner, once, once a decision is made, people's mind instantly goes, okay, well, that's it. You know, what do you do? We're done. And I mean, to some extent, maybe so. I mean, I mean, you know, because 
you know, could Trump try and follow this thing out? Sure. But, I mean, he could try and follow it out for three years and, you know, to no avail, you know. I mean, because certainly, obviously, he has enough money. But, uh, but the much, Democrat I mean, side. People are corrupt. Not gonna, are well, that's what I'm saying. The Democratic side has just just as much money, you know. So you, it's almost like you're playing a game that can't be won, you well, know. Almost. I mean, I think the most disappointing part of all this to me goes goes to the point of the military. Okay, I, I'm a military family. I'm yeah, the, I'm the only male that did not serve. <laughs> I had yeah. other other avenues. I mean, not a chance to play professional baseball, so it wasn't on my plate, but. Even talking to them, the oath that these guys take, that, that why they didn't step in is is so disappointing. Right. No, for sure. For sure. That, that's what we pay them for is to avoid this, but nothing was done. Right. You know, nothing. I mean, if we cared about bringing people together and uniting, we should have did an audit, an independent audit. If Trump lost still, then guess what happens to all the people that support Trump? They're okay with the results. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. But... It, I, on, on top of watching the video and on top of people refusing to even talk about it and social media kicking you off, the news right. going the way around. Right. You don't do that unless you're guilty. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, certainly things look a little bit suspicious. You know, there's so, no doubt about so that. So, of course, that's why you're going to have unrest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they just. They can be completely wrong. They this And that's the thing. Social media has fueled this tide Absolutely. of chaos. Um you know, I mean, it's social media, it's the news organizations, all of them have just, they have fueled this tide of unrest, which may be part of that great reset, but, you know. It, I, I think it is. I think, um, you know. I mean, what better way to control people than to get them upset with each other I so look, you can come in? Now I look at it and, you know, get a little weird on you. Uh, possibly this was all our plan by design. Okay, you got the American people are so prideful. What better way to usher in communism? to make us beg for it right well i mean look i you know i've thought about how, this how do they, how do you do that i thought about this whole thing being part of a design i have you know i thought about this because uh, once you start once you tear the two sides apart mm -hmm. and you become so civil unrest well then you got to call in you know okay well now we got to call in martial law guys it's not that we want to but you guys can't seem to figure it out and you know we the great government are here to protect and serve and make sure everyone's okay so we're going to bring in this martial law and all these guys we're going to need you to stay in your houses relax we'll bring you your food and your medicine and stuff just don't leave your house if you leave you might get shot we don't want to kill you but we may have to <laughs> you know i mean look yeah i think you know i've thought about it you maybe know maybe trump was part of it maybe he was used to maybe he was you know maybe he was maybe they were like hey you know they, and i thought about that too i go maybe they go he's a businessman at the end of the day yeah maybe they go hey you know what we're gonna let, we want trump to come in here he's gonna do this for four years and then we're gonna let him stir up the chaos there with the and left and then to get him out. yeah it's possible and then, and then they're going to be okay when we get them out and when we get them out we'll make all the changes that they would they would have normally not been okay with that they're just going to ignore yeah yeah well you know and that's what they do like when you know when they did the patriot act you know all of a sudden the patriot act had this sneaky thing in there where they could listen to everything we say and do and then obama was going to get rid of it and instead he made it even worse and it's you know like it's always we wait for something to happen. You know, the, the, the term is always don't let a what was it? Don't let a good don't let a bad event go to waste or something like that. Yeah. You know, anytime something happens, you know, you can't let you can't let some that's traumatic what, event go to waste. Say. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is, you know. They look for that opportunity to try and 
and, and I'm, part of me, part of me is torn like that. Part of me looks at it from the outside and said, maybe this was just a, a good show because Trump's a good showman. Yeah. What better showman to put on a show to pull the people out that are looking for for that? Yeah. And then you separate them, divide everybody, and then guess what? Right. Once we're divided, we're done. Yeah. Right. And you know, and you know, not uh, bust the balls of the government. But let's be honest. They've always been, look at this hand, don't look yes. at this one. Yes. So, you know, why would this not be the case now? You, it, it, it does. Looking back now, it looks like, why would they put all that attention on him like that? Like, n- they never put that attention on any president ever. Ever. Yeah. 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 So there's got to be something to that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it 100% could be. 100%. Slide a hand. My yeah. That, and that's, you know, like I said, that's that's been the way of our government. So, you know, why would it not be now? now well, what you've done now it, I mean, getting getting deeper in experience. What you did now is now I can identify who's not on board, right? From a government standpoint, right? Yeah. Now yeah. I got you identified. Yeah. Now, now I know who you are. Yes. Yeah. Now I can see the game board completely. Mm-hmm. So now with a communist agenda that they keep trying to push in, okay, this half we're good. Yeah. Now I see you. Now you're isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Now they can start going after you. Yeah. Almost reminiscent like what they did with the Jews. Once they separated you and Hitler and the communist regime coming in, we yeah. separate the defactors. Yeah. And figure out who's. Now we're going to, how we're going to attack you. Right. Or, or they figure out who's who. That way they can continue to figure out how to make each other divisive against each other. So then once again, they come in, they go, all right, guys, well, look, you know, you guys seem like you are about to have a civil war. So we're going to, we're just going to bring these, you know, these <laughs> officers in. Don't worry. They're okay. not going to, yeah. <laughs> They're going to patrol the streets four times a day. Already, it's not going to be. you got these big-head news people already talking about how we're going to deprogram Trump supporters. They're already using the word deprogram. I know. I, I mean, know. you're already going down that path. So uh, more and more, I'm like, man, man, what if they set, what if this is a great setup? I would, I, w- I would almost be more inclined to believe it's that than to believe that everything's hunky-dory. And, you know, I mean, that, that to me sounds like it, what it would be. Why not? You, you use a, a PSYOP like Q. Okay, and you put just enough real shit out there, just enough, mm-hmm. to hook people because they know it's real. Yeah. Okay. Once you hook them, then you divide them. Yeah. Then once you divide them, you got them isolated. Yeah. Well, they always say the best lies have have you know a little bit of truth always in them. Always have truth in them. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Dude. That's what I, it makes me feel like. It makes me think, fuck, man. Yeah. I think we all got played. I think so. I mean, I've been I've been thinking that for a while now, and I try not to go too conspiratorial on myself because no. I will. I'll go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but uh, man, Can't yeah, help. It's too interesting. I know, <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, look. Well, here's the thing. You know, is that conspiratorial? It seems ridiculous until it's not. You know, so so many times are true. Yeah. Well, look. I was telling. I was talking to my mom about it the other days. So we're talking about some sort of whatever. But I remember telling. I was like, look. I was like, I remember being. I don't know, mid to late teens. And I remember Alex Jones, who everyone's like, oh, he's some nut job. I remember him talking about this pedophile island. And I remember going, dude, this guy's so full of shit. There's no way this actually exists. There's no way. And then 15 years later, guess what? It's real, and it's been there, and he knew all about it. And I go, you know what? Like, He's a paid papsy. You know, he's there. What he does is, okay, how how the military does that and how they do it, the— really get you is they'll give you a, a few real shit and then he'll come sideways like you'll get the pedophile island which is real 
you got a couple other things that are real people. Then he comes and goes, oh, they're all a bunch of reptilians. Now it's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You now, know? yeah now you're like, oh, Now you're minute. sideways. Yeah. So so now you got a little bit of the good shit, and then you get a weird shit. So when it comes down to it, they can say, well, he's just weird. Yeah, they can discredit him off of Absolutely. one weird thing. Yeah. Absolutely, but he's being paid to do that. Yeah. So that's why he's get his, he gets his information. He don't yeah. get his information freely. Right, right. That information is coming from the people who want to be in charge that are trying to Right, right. Just in a certain yeah. way. I think he gets too much real stuff out there. Go, okay, look, we need you to bring it back here. Tell them, weird. tell them this, so we can discredit it. Start that way, about reptilians and get yeah. crazy. I know. I know. It, it, it happens every time. I know. Every time you can see it, it's like, man, damn. That's why. Yeah. I mean, look. I think you know. I got God. I look at it and go, man, this is. It's all a game. Left, right, you know, blue, red. It doesn't matter. It's all a game. The elite know what's going on and they just play everyone else like pawns and they do i mean at the end of the day we're we're going to be controlled by the rockefellers we're going to be controlled by yeah. the win and the thing is you know it's like someone's like well we've got to do something or they're going to get us i was like bro it's too late There's what if no, they yeah it's not too late to do something but the only thing in my opinion that can really be done is violence yeah well my thing is okay say we were say we as a country somehow we're all able to get together and go you know what if we all 74 million people that voted for trump because they didn't really vote for Trump. They voted to save American values. Right, yeah. Let's make that clear. Yeah. I hate when somebody goes, oh, you, you're a Trumper. No, no, no. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're look, American. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell everybody. Uh, I, um, I, 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 vote, I, vote, I voted Republican. I did vote for Trump, but not because of Trump. I personally, I'm not really a big fan of Trump, but I am no. a fan of Republican values. I am a fan of, of freedom flag. of speech. Yeah, I'm a fan of guns. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty center right. I'm very close to center as opposed to I'm anything probably else. Probably center liberal than center right. Okay. And I, I say that be, I say that more or less because I don't give a fuck about abortion. I don't give a fuck if you if you want to put a pee pee in your mouth. I don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Care. If you want to be gay, that's I fine. Don't care. You know, yeah, yeah. That's how I am. That's I how I am. I, you know, like. I, I really don't. Yeah. What you do in your house, that's your priority. I don't care. Yeah. Do whatever you want. You want to smoke crack in the corner of your house? Knock yourself out. <laughs> as long as it ain't affecting society, I don't care. Yeah, no, I agree uh, with you. So, so that that's where where my center liberal comes in. But you know, if if I feel like the only thing that would change all this and to really get rid of it is the same four million people showed up at Capitol with fucking armed guns, they would shoot a brick. Yeah, and then like I don't even. But our, I mean, our armies and our military couldn't handle that. Yeah, but I mean that's just it. You'd have you should you shouldn't have to shed a bullet. I shoot a bullet, but I think if everybody showed up and said, "Nah, we're done," yeah, you're done. Yeah, they would yeah. Be over. I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like because like, is yeah, that gonna I happen? Just, no. no. And here's the thing: if if the government wanted to say, say we were to rise up and revolt, you know, I don't know, however many you want, if the government said, "All right, cut off food supplies and gas," they couldn't, because if we really revolted, the government would be fucked. Because if you think about it, you, true blue Americans. I don't want to go red or blue. I hate that. Control everything. Right. The only thing we don't control, Port and San, San Francisco Bay and New York City. Right. No, that's true. Everything else we control. Well, I always talk about Texas. Like, we I mean, control the entire food chain from the Middle East from Texas up. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So if we truly revolted, yeah, we wouldn't be the ones starved out. Yeah. It'd be them. They'd be completely starved. They would have to go to another country. Hmm. If you think about yeah, it. yeah, well, I hadn't thought about it like that, but yeah, I mean, when you met, you say it like that, they yeah, that nothing. makes a very solid. And they point. couldn't go; they couldn't travel from east to west. Right. They couldn't. It'd be done. Hmm. Yeah. 
But uh, once again, are, are we all going to do that? No. No. And fucking perfect. It'd be world, neat. A perfect world. I'd be all in. I'm like, let's it'd be, go. Yeah, it'd be neat. I mean, look, I ain't saying it should happen, and I ain't saying to do it, but I am saying if I if it happened. And in like 30 years, I could sit here and go, man, you remember that time back in 2022 <laughs> when everyone just said, screw it, we're not dream. doing this anymore? Yeah. If it all panned out well, that's the thing. It'd have to pan out well. If it panned out like crap, I was like, God, <laughs> you remember we thought we were going to take over the country and now we're communist. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, being communist scares shit out of me. I mean, you think, you think about it, you think about the, the propaganda is already there. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Capitol building thing was set up it was a complete setup yeah yeah well i've that's seen complete, i've definitely seen that's some pictures that make it because everybody they arrested is part of antifa so it's like yeah like at what point do you connect the dots here as the person's like you're blaming trump that doesn't antifa doesn't support but yeah everybody you're arresting is part of antifa yeah well dude it's like so there was the picture and you know i uh, that's this propaganda that's that's communism propaganda at its finest right See, and I, I try to be, I try to be as, because I don't know all the, I don't, I didn't, you know, I read bits and pieces, but I feel like I don't know all the evidence, so I try to be fair about this. But like, there was the guy in the buffalo, whatever and, outfit, Antifa. and they showed him in a uh, picture at the White House, and then a picture of and, him at an Antifa rally, and like, yep, you have Antifa in June, and then like the next day later, they took it off social media. See, that's the shit that gets me. I go, bro, why would you take it off of social media? Huh? What are you doing? Because they're right. I know. I know. Well, that's the that's stuff right. that gets me. And then you, you got know? John Sullivan, the leader of Antifa, got arrested because he was in there. They got live video of him. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. Yeah, live video of him going, we did it. We did it. We tricked them. Him and his girlfriend um, on there. And, and then it's out there. They're trying to take it down, but they arrested him, who's part of Antifa. Then you got some left-leaning uh, judge's son, who's like 35 years old, was also part of Antifa leader that got arrested that was one of the ones that let in. You got videos of cops in the Capitol building opening doors going, here, come here, follow me, I'll tell you how to get there. So, Jeez. I mean, these are... Yeah, But they yeah. don't want you to acknowledge that because they're trying to scrub it. And I'm like... Right. Stop. Right. I know, I mean, man. come on. I know. Well, and here's the thing, you know, and it's not even choosing a side, but, like, this is, this is stuff historically our government has done before. Oh, you know? yeah. You know, Tons like, time. I don't know if you ever read the book, uh, let me think, it was called, um, what was it called? Chaos, the uh, crazy story of, like, Charles Manson and the s secret of the 60s. So, basically... I follow Charles Manson. I know that he was part of the CIA. Yeah. Well, so, in this book, this guy basically uh, writes about how Charles Manson was basically a CIA plant, and they were using him to use psychedelics basically for mind control where right. he controlled all these girls and all this stuff and all these people like they have all these different uh recorded evidence of charles manson like all these different people they killed that they didn't get in trouble for all these times he left the country he wasn't supposed to he was on probation and they would just bring him back and hey don't say shit he's with us like you, you the, know the same kid for um the batman shooter from aurora was part oh yeah the orange hair guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, he signed huh. up for an experimental program for drugs for the CIA when when all that went down. Yeah, see, it's crazy. Oh, and yeah. The funny thing is, when that book came out, uh, there was a clinic that had been opened that Charles Manson and the girls used to go to where he was getting the drugs from. It had been open since, like, the 50s. The book came out, and three months later, that clinic shut down. Right? I know, man. That's the stuff that gets me. I go, look, it could be coincidence no. but it seems awfully suspicious that for 60 years this whole place could be up and running i think they love throwing in our face 
I think so. You think I think Stranger Things is a throw in our face. That's from the Magatop program. That's part of the mind, mind control. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The huh. whole the whole series is based off that. Interesting. You, you didn't know that? No, I didn't. Tell yeah. me more about that. How's the that? Magatop, it's yeah. one of the first ones they did with mind control. Where they did took little kids in there and tried to control with ESP. Well, they oh, try, I do they remember. To put you okay, in a yes. Room, and yeah. They try to teach the kid to control you through a separate room by using their mind. By got the you. Okay. okay. Pick up this glass of water, right. try to send that thought to your head. I got. I had. To, I had to think back it's, to the first season of. Uh, and I might not have said Stranger the word right, but I think it's called Magata or something. You it's, can look it up. Uh, no, I know what you're talking about. Now I'm trying. And to that whole series is based off that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, what the heck is that thing called? Um, it's not called ESP, but it's called where you could remote viewing. Yeah. It's where they they learned to remote view. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. One, I didn't think that was even possible, but two, the fact that they really tried that shit. Yeah. And now we're watching it. We're all in love with the TV show that's literally throwing in our face going, ha we did that shit. I know, I know. Ah, oh, what the heck is that called? Um, I don't know. I can't think of the name of it now. Either way, um, yeah, you know, it's, I know, man, there's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff that goes on that you go, man. I know it could be coincidence. I'm not going to rule that out, but it's awfully suspicious. No, the government's always doing some fucked up shit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that sleight of I hand. Mean, Watch this hand. Cause they've all admitted all to work. that um, That movie was was based off real government events, was the, um, the Minister of Goats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is very similar to the, the, the project that was based off, that uh, Stranger Things is based off of. Yeah. Yeah, Dadgum, I can't think of the name of that thing they were doing. For what? Uh, that Russia was doing. Um, it's like mind control, but I can't think of what they called it. I just know we they always refer to it in these projects as remote viewing. Yeah. No, there was a name. It started with an M. There's a name for it, but I can't remember what it was called. Mm. Um, it was in. That's the. That, that was part of the when the Montau project in. The other stuff that they, that's when they were really pumping a lot of LSD through these soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. A lot. That's what they talk about with Charles Manson. They were giving them girls LSD and all that shit, and he would pretend to take it, and he would give it to the girls, and he'd give them, like, ridiculous, like, overwhelming amounts. And then while they were tripping, he was telling them things and, like, giving them orders while he was also pretending to be tripping. Because I, I think they're just training these people. Yeah. Yeah, they were training them as, like, super soldiers, like like uh, sleeper cells. Sleeper cells. Yeah. More realistic. Like, uh, yeah. we need something done, you, you do it, and they sacrifice themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it goes to jail, like Manson went to jail. Yeah. And I wonder how many of those actually exist. A lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, cause, you know, like, it's crazy, though. I, I do wonder, like, you know, how many of those people may be amongst us and we don't even like, know it? I think quite a bit. Yeah. Well, and they wouldn't know it either. You know, because, like, the idea is they don't know anything and you say the right phrase around them. All They're of a sudden, they, they wake up and... That's it. It's craziness. It, go, it's, it is. It is. And then... Do people think that, like, none of that would be true? just blows my mind. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. No, like, it's definitely true. There's come definitely on. true. There's, there's, you know. Well, they finally admitted classified to all evidence. that. They, yeah. finally admitted to, they finally admitted to um, LSD experiments. They oh, yeah. finally admitted that the Minister of Goats is very similar to some of the things they did in the military. They're starting to slowly admit some of this right. stuff. But, right. you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. But I do love throwing it in our face. They throw it in our face like, ha <laughs> I know. Like, hey, you know, you guys could have known this all along, but yep. you're too dumb. You're too busy watching whatever we told you to watch. Exactly. I just, I, I, I was a little put back when I finally, it's like, I, I don't know how it's still upon it, but I was looking at Stranger Things. It was like the first season. I'm like, fuck, this is based off of military? Yeah. Well, you know, 
when you mentioned Stranger Things from the get-go i kind of thought of like last last season of it the third season then i got thinking back to the very beginning i was like oh the very beginning yeah because she yep. had here her you know the guy she was calling papa and uh when yeah. she broke out of there yeah 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 it's based on that doesn't mean they didn't get out of control just the premise was based off yeah that. yeah 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 well i mean dude and here's you know i think about that sometimes i go you know if you were to like, obviously, you have monks and stuff who spend their entire lives just studying and meditating and stuff. I go, I wonder what capabilities we truly could have with our mind. Because as, as the average human, we don't come close to using our, our mind to what I would call full I mean, capacity. They, they tell us in the school it's 10%. I mean, whether we know that's true or not, we don't know the story. But right. if, we're, if we use that as a baseline, we only use 10%, what could you really Well, do? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is it feasible that if you were to do enough study? So I, uh, I, won't, I won't divulge too far into it. But I, uh, I used to know this guy who uh, said he could uh, stare at a candle and blow out a candle with his mind. And I used to think it was crazy. And the, but I never saw him actually phys- physically do it. But there were a lot of people who I felt were pretty credible who were like, yeah, we've, we've seen him do it. And they said that they put a candle, then they put like a cardboard box around the candle. And he would sit there. And like, I don't, I'm not, he probably wouldn't do it like this, but he would do whatever. And they said he could blow this candle out of his mind. And he said it was exhausting. It took a lot of mental strength and effort. But this guy was one of those people who did a lot of studying a lot of meditating, a lot of mental exercising, to the point that if there was someone who could do such a thing as that, I feel like he would be the person who could. But it does make me wonder, I go, is that like, I wonder if that's actually possible. I don't know. You know, to, to I mean, because essentially what you're doing is, is you know, I guess I'm, I'm probably butchering it when I say it, but you're bending some sort of law of physics or some sort of law of what we feel like Our we law understand. law real at that point. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you you you. I mean, you you grow up reading a book and t- in school, and they're told you to believe this book, but you never met the person that wrote the fucking book. Don't know who the person that wrote the book is. Right. But yet you're told that you have to believe all this. So who's just saying that's real? Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. And here's the thing: everything seems unreal or impossible until it's done, and then when it's done, it becomes so real. You go, oh yeah, well of course, you know. So it makes me go. What if it is possible? What if it is I possible mean, that he could? How, um, I think there's a lot of truth to this. How, how dumb do they have they made us? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. How, dumb have, how, how dumb have the elites made us over the past 60, 70 years? Yeah, well, and here's the Slowly thing. Slowly chipping away. Yeah, and the thing is with, with technology, once again, coming back to technology, uh, while it's made our lives easier and made us smarter, it's made us dumber in the fact that uh, instinctually we don't know how to do things that, you know. Like, here's the thing. If I went outside and there's a sundial in my yard, I don't know how to read that sundial. I don't know how that shit works. I don't know how to look at the stars and figure out how, like the stuff they've done for thousands of years. Nothing. I can't do any of that. I got no. I don't even know where to begin. If you sat a sundial in my yard and like, hey, figure out how this thing works. You type Google in your phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, our uh, see, instinct isn't the word I'm looking for, or maybe intuition, whatever it is that we would use before technology to figure life out we're getting further and further away from that and the more we get away from that i feel like like those people i feel like they were the ones that if it's possible that that could bend physics and they could understand these things and what we feel like is uh would not be the same for them i think there's a there there's a lot of possibilities there 
because you you look at the few people that exceed expectations in a certain uh, category, like uh, somebody who can solve a mathematical equation by you just spinning out your mouth and solve like that. Yeah. No matter how in depth the mathematical equation is, there's people out there that do that. Yeah. Okay, that shows you that our limit is is probably limitless. Realistically. Yeah. yeah. Well, what we feel like our limit is not close to what no. what we actually can can do. So I mean, if if people that have been around for time and just slowly chipped away at our intelligence, right? Right. At, or at, at even, the end of the day, you don't want math. At the end of the day, if 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 I'm a ruler or I'm at the top of the tree, I don't want people being smart. Yeah. Because it well, makes my job that much harder. Yeah. Well, there's a book called the uh, Machiavelli Mindset, and the idea is. You don't want anyone, you don't want to give someone too much power nope. because if you give them too much power, inevitably they'll always overthrow you or try to overthrow you or Correct. overtake you. It's just human nature. So you want to keep them, you know, for lack of a better term, dumbed down, slowed down, a little, en- enough below you that they can't, they can't rise above you. So, I mean, you know, why wouldn't, why not? And maybe not even, maybe it's not even purposeful. Like the, whoever created the internet, I'm sure when they created the internet back however many years ago, they didn't go, I've created something that's going to help dumb people down. I'm sure whatever their reason was for creating internet was to help further mankind. Yeah. But you know, unfortunately with lots of things, um, the, the, you know, the benefit is it helps us in some way, but there's the flip side of that in some way it harms us. Well, it does. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, whoever wins the election controls history. Yeah. Whoever's in charge basically controls history. Yeah. Doesn't make it right. Right. Or truth. It just right. makes well, it your control. Yeah. Whoever, so you win, can whoever, whoever wins you the want. war gets to tell the story. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It right doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Yeah. So, no, I mean, you, you, you go back through time, how much of how much of this stuff that we were told in time were just written by the winner, and that's not, not accurate. Right. No, absolutely. I'd be curious to see. Uh, Forty-three. All right. I said a minute, an hour, forty-three. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I mean, like I said, I definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I find it. I find it interesting because I obviously I don't think everything. Not everyone makes things with the intentions of harming the human race or whatever else. But I mean, I certainly think there are no. people who see these these inventions and they go, "Oh man, I can see how I can make." At, at the end of the day, I, I don't think I think all thoughts pure. I, I think reality is is. We're humans at the end of the day, and unfortunately, greed is one of our factors. Yeah, I, mean, I know. It's a characteristic. It is what it is. You know, you know. I, I almost think that everybody's. You can buy anybody. Yeah, everyone's got a price. Yeah, everyone's I, got I, a I, price. I, Some are higher than others, but think. I think like you're. Even though I don't like Jack Dorsey from Twitter, I think he's a little scumbag. But you know, that's here and there. There, but I think when Jack came up with Twitter, did he have malicious intent? No. No, but the higher he got, did it need to develop? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the know. more money, the more people got involved because you're talking about Twitter has no revenue, brings no revenue. It loses money every year. Right. But yet this guy's wealthy. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Yeah. How's that happen? How, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think you know, we are at the end of the day. We are human. It is what it is. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It, I know. Yeah. I think yeah. Just. Unfortunately, the more uh, power you get, you know, the more greed and corruption comes to it. Not to say that everyone falls for it, but eventually in time, I feel like it's, you know. It's, it's tough to say that, oh, I wouldn't do that when you're not that guy. 
Yeah. Well, it, I put you in a position and you go, okay, you take a, a random person that makes $40,000 a year. And I come up to him and goes, hey, man, I need you to do this. You're not going to like it, but I need you to do it. Here's two thousand. Who's two? Here's two million dollars. I mean, is there really gonna be much argument? Yeah. Well, no. That, yeah. <laughs> That's just it. Yeah. No, no. Everyone's got a price. They may not. You know, it may not be the same price. Some people do stuff for four dollars, or some people wouldn't do for forty. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, some people do stuff for four dollars that some people may do uh, for I mean, forty thousand. That, that's why we constantly have to we fight corruption. I think that's why constantly civilization has to start over. Yeah. We reach a plateau and it crumbles because greed gets the best of us. Yeah. You know, I think greed always wins. Well, you know, I had that thought, too, you know, talking about uh, Revelations, the last book in the Bible. Um, you know, it, the idea, somebody was like, oh, well, this book was written for the end times. Yeah, but I don't know if the book is written for the end times of, of, of all sustaining life. I think whoever wrote that book, maybe they saw the fall of Rome. Or they fall, saw the fall, you know. Of, of a civilization. Yeah, exactly, of a civilization. And that's what they're trying to pre-warn us of is, you know, hey, look, like this is. This is going to lead to your doom and you're going to have to start over. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel more like I've leaned towards more of that than like the end of humanity. I yeah. don't think it means end of humanity. Yeah. I think it means like, hey, we're going to hit a point where it's like we're going to start over again. Right. No, I mean, you know, obviously, from a Christian standpoint, it is the end of humanity. And maybe they're correct. Maybe. It could be know. that it happens and Jesus comes back. I can't for sure say yes or no. Um, you know, I... Uh, there's too much evil in this world to make me think that there's Jesus even exists. Well, I definitely think it existed. I mean, you know... Well, I... I let, me, let me rephrase that. Like, I think he was a real person, but I think he was nothing more than Anthony Robbins. Okay. Does that make sense? Right. No, I get what you're saying. I think I, I think you, you take Anthony Robbins, one of our top tier motivational speakers in, in our in our generation. Right. I think that's what Jesus was. Yeah. I think he had a following. I think he was a good speaker. I think he had wise words, probably. Well, definitely. I mean, we changed we changed the way we look at time from his life. So he certainly yeah. had to have some sort of. Do I think he was like descended from God? I just it's hard to believe that, man. Right. No, I mean I understand. I mean in in our world, let's think about this. From the time I've been alive to now, good has never won. Not once is good won. Not right. once has it ever won. Right. So if this the Bible is correct, you're talking about somebody that went to preacher school and was on the verge of being a preacher as myself. Right. So when you go through that and you're thinking about it, like this none of this makes sense. From There's that perspective. Yeah. From that perspective. But if I if you go to me and go, Ronnie I said, what's your advice to live the best life as a human? I'd hand you a Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. If that makes sense. Like, no, I'd hand you a Bible. I do. No, yeah. Bible. Yeah. There's a lot. Nothing in this book won't tell you how to be a good person. Now, what I find interesting is, like, uh, <laughs> I guess I refer to as Old Testament God and New Testament God. I find that interesting. Because Old Testament God was like, hey, I'm going to smite you down. You do what I say. Or you can suck it. That's pretty much the well, rules. What about all the stuff they claim it's missing? How about the Book of Enoch? Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Or how about the, uh, or, or how about, Mary Madeline. How, like, how about Mag the, Magdalene? the 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 books that they refuse to put in there that the Vatican's the only ones that have? Yeah, I know. Well, look. So there's another book I just got done listening to not long ago uh, called The Immortality Key, and it talks about like the civilizations before Jesus. Uh, and whatever else and then like this guy who writes the book he gets a the opportunity to go into the vatican and go into like the underground caves and whatnot and he's just talking about the stuff he sees and um it's very interesting his per his perception is that uh that uh you know jesus 
was real. He was a great healer. Um, but his idea is that Jesus, um, like the uh, religious people before him, I don't know what you would call them. The, the, I guess pagans is what they would call them. What pagans would do before is they would make a basically a LSD drink, LSD tea that everyone would drink, and that's how they would worship and see God. Well, the idea he has is that Jesus um, took what we know as Christianity today and professed that, but he also made this LSD tea. And, like, the idea, you know, there's that where he goes into the town and he makes this blind man able to see again. Well, the idea is not that the blind man can physically see, but he makes this LSD tea gives it to this guy and this guy's able to hallucinate and that's how he sees again that's some form of dmt i mean yeah well you know they say they say it's something similar to that which i find you know i find interesting because if you were to because he also talks about how then like after jesus dies like 30 years after jesus dies like the roman catholics try to eliminate women out of the church and eliminate um you know the idea of this eucharist or this lsd you know hallucinogenic tea type of thing and I find that interesting because I go, what if that's the case? What if, you know, what if Jesus, the great healer, man, my mom's going to hate hearing this podcast. She's going <laughs> to hate it. <laughs> uh, what if Jesus, the great healer, uh, was healing through using, you know, plants and medicinal properties and making, you know, why not, why not? you know? I mean, my mom's going like TJ. I mean, that's going to send you to hell. <laughs> to, to, to think that the planet that we live on, as complex as it is, didn't provide us with ways to fix things is just bananas. To right, me. right, yeah. We may not have figured it out yet, but to, to say that it's not here, yeah, is crazy to me. Yeah, well, and that's kind of how this guy says in the book. He goes up until, you know, up until like thirty or so years after Jesus dies. It's like somewhere after Jesus dies, because he also says in the book that. Um, Jesus gave all of his wise teachings to uh, Mary to uh, help continue on after he's gone. She, then he also gave them to uh, whoever becomes the Pope, whatever his name was, John. Is it John? Uh, is that right? I think so. He also gives it to John. And then the men of the church and John come together to basically just kind of cast Mary aside and like, nope. Sorry, women aren't leaders. Was, was that the beginning of the corruption? Was that the beginning? It was like, hey, we're going to tell you what we, we want you to hear and not tell you the whole story? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Probably corruption was probably long before that, too. But, yeah, I mean, that might be like the beginning of the big corruption. Does it feel like – it feels like to me every time I talk about somebody with this and it brings up some old memories, I, fi- I feel like every time – and this is crazy because I don't believe in God after all the years of training I've had and all the years i spent being trying to be a preacher – so do you not you don't think like God exists at all? Not right now. So, but like, I, can I, I ask you? Okay, I, I'm continue. Gonna be, I'm, continue. Hyper, I'm gonna be a little bit of a hypocrite here. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, from a hypocritical standpoint, I find it very unique that every civilization has failed once it stopped believing in God. Yeah. Well, I think it stops believing in a common when, goal when it removes the the whatever the, the God is. I feel like that coincides with their downfall. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Look at us now. Everything we, we do is to remove God in the United States, and yeah. we're, we're on our downfall. We're on our downslope. Yeah, absolutely. No, so, I, I mean, from, from a hypocritical standpoint, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Right. No, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I grew up in church. I went through a phase somewhere in my 
I don't know, mid twenties, early twenties, where I was like, ah, God don't exist. And I was, but then I was like, but I don't know. The more I kind of read, and the more what, which is kind of almost hypocritical in a sense, because like I, re- I was listening to books um, that were not trying to prove the existence of God. They were kind of just, they were almost proving that like, Je- they were trying to like almost prove like Jesus wasn't who they say he is or whatever else. But after listening to the books, it almost made me believe more. Like I don't know. I go, you know. It, How did this stuff happen? How does stuff get here? I, I think it's the way. I mean, okay, a little background. I grew up in a church. It was the first Baptist church, and and for some reason, I got really into it. And it started with Royal Rangers, which is like their version of Boy Scouts. Okay. By the time I was twelve, I had my own uh, service class, Sunday service class for the kids. I taught the kids, and then sometimes because Sunday service they'd have two different ones, I'd get like a twenty-minute segment to preach. You know, with the main main stage, and so they were they were gonna pay for me to go to preacher school in Texas, and you know, to be a full time blown pastor. Yeah. And about fifteen, I decided, you know, this is all bullshit. Interesting. I just fuck it. I said, what this is and bullshit. what 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 made you what made you like what happened to make you go? The, the uh, simplest I don't know. thing with not getting getting all into it. The simplest way to do it is okay. We grew up very poor. Okay. I mean, extremely poor. And there was times where, you know, our dinners were boiled potatoes and we would use ketchup or barbecue sauce, some sort of sauce just to give it a different taste, but we'd eat that every day. Yeah. All right. And so I watched my mom and I went to church. My mom tithed. We went to church and the Bible goes tithe and you'd be prosperous. But the only people around me that were succeeding were, were bad people. Mm. But yet it tells you that don't worry about this world because you got heaven. Right. I was like, Wait a minute. I was like, what, what? I was like, I was like, I'm giving you straight A's and you're punishing me. Who punishes their child after getting straight A's? Right. Nobody. Okay. <clears throat> right. Nobody. Right. So I looked at it as a simple as my mom was doing everything she's supposed to do according to the book. We're doing everything that we think we're supposed to do based on the outline in the book, but yet we're failing constantly. We're not getting it rewarded back to us. Right. But the people that are getting rewarded back to us are the people you say that shouldn't be rewarded. Mm, got gotcha. you. So yeah, think okay. about that for a second. No, I get so you. I went. I went from. I went from. Okay, if you're real, you're real. I'm like, I, I want no part of you, because who wants to be a part of a parent that punishes their kid for getting straight A's? Right. Okay. I. I mean, I get you. you, see, you I see, get that. You see that? Yeah. yeah. So. So I said, fuck it. I'm out. I tapped I, out. So I I'm get done. that. No. I. Uh, yeah. Well, it's. Yeah. I can relate because uh, I grew up. Uh, you know, I grew up in church as well. Uh, I played in praise and worship and all that junk. So I was definitely. You know, I was in deep. Um, and yeah, kind of same concept. I did have that kind of epiphanal moment where I went, you know, like, like what got me was when they would say something like, you know, you'll never do good enough in the eyes of the Lord, but because of Jesus, you're saved. And I always went like, why am I never good enough? Like what, why is that now? With that being said, um, I did kind of. I went, I didn't go to another church, but I ended up meeting like some, some other Christian people outside of the church I was going to. And, uh, they kind of gave me a different perspective where it seems like they believed less in this philosophy that, you know, you can't do good enough and you need Jesus in order to make it as their philosophy was more like, uh, you know, Jesus loves you so much that he was willing to do it regardless of whether you can make it or not. And that's the, you know, and because of that, you know, it's not so much like casting casting down on you for, you know, being a human as much as it is kind of like 
he knows how hard it is. That's why he sent his son. Not he sent his son because you can't figure it out. I mean, I don't know whether either one's correct, but you know, I don't know either. I I, I just made the choice one day. I was like, I was like, I don't want to be part of this. I, don't, right. I really don't. And it goes back like you said, like you just you previously said, it's like, hey, you should just believe in in Jesus because you're you're faulty from the beginning. Right. What is the what is being used against you now in society? You're inherently racist because you're white. Yeah. You're born racist. Yeah. What does that correlate to? Yeah. I mean, Think about that for a second. Yeah. Go deep on that. Think about that. They're literally using that against us. No, that's true. It's like you're telling me because I'm born, a certain I haven't color. done anything in this world that I'm automatically guilty according to the Bible. Yeah. I'm just a piece of shit according to the Bible. Yeah. And I have to profess my sins when I haven't even made a sin yet. Right. So same tactic they're using now is you're inherently racist because of the color of your skin. Yeah. No matter what you do. Goes yeah. hand, right. hand yeah. in hand. It's the same thing. I'm, I'm, it's it's mind boggling. It's like, fuck, man, that's all the same shit. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, that, and that was always the thing that kind of made me go, ah, I just don't know how. You know, now I kind of, I don't know. I've, I've kind of taken the best of, of what the Bible is. And the thing, like, I believe there's a God. Do I 100% believe that? What makes you believe there's a God? How does this shit exist without it? I mean, now, do I believe? Are you, are you using that as a crutch because you don't know how this existed? Is the, is the thought of not knowing causing you to have a crutch? Well, it's not, it's not a going this or that. It's, it's, uh, I mean, no, because I like, I like to play with the idea of other theories. Like, I also think I like just for shits and giggles. I like the fun idea of, uh, the theory of us being in a simulation. I think that's fun. Um, I, I, I think that's a cool idea. I think that's a good avenue to, to think about because you know, how much shit has changed over the years. Yeah. How many, how many, how, how many Mandela effects have you experienced? Oh yeah. No, for sure. A lot. For sure. Yeah, so I like this idea, the thought of we're in assimilation. I don't know if I necessarily believe that one is any more truer than than uh, God. I just feel like here's my thing. At the end of the day, I go, how did this shit get here? Even if even if you want to say there was a Big Bang Theory. Well, where where did the, the asteroids come from for the Big Bang Theory? Where did space come from? Something somewhere had to happen or something. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. So that might, you know, is it a crutch? Maybe. But it's just the idea of God is is makes me go... The reason I, I guess the reason I believe there is a God of some sort is is so that I subconsciously go, all right, well, you need to be a nicer person because God wouldn't appreciate you being a dickhead. I, <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think uh, I think it is what it is for what it, what it is. I think the Bible is a great book to be motivational. It's a great book to help you through some trials and tribulations through your life. I think Jesus was a good motivational speaker in his day. I yeah, think that, I think that's no more than. 50 years, 60 years from now, somebody picks up an Anthony Robbins tape, and they're like, damn, this guy's fucking good. Yeah. You know, that's kind of look at it. Right. I, I think the problem is, is we don't know, but somebody wants to be the one to know. You know what I mean? Right. So we just, well, that's, we just spew shit out That's why we want to be the one that's that That's why I still, you know, that's why I go, all right, you know, I still play with the idea of there's a simulation. That's why I also go, you know, for me, you know, if I had to lean towards some sort of entity, I would probably lean towards a Jesus Christ. But I don't discredit anyone who believes in Allah or who believes in Buddha because I don't know. My chances of being correct 
are just as good as the chances of them being correct, which aren't very good. I think so, they all came from the same store because they all had the same guidelines. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. you look at all of them from different different places and different timelines, but they all have the same story. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, if you look before Jesus Christ, they were still worshiping the gods before Jesus, too. So, you know, it ain't like he popped up and all of a sudden there was religion. I just I think the entity gives us an uh, exit because we want to know. We don't know about space as much as NASA wants to tell us. It's all bullshit. No, yeah, yeah. We don't know. No. We're still flirting with it. We still want to know. And, you know, the, the unknown drives people mad. Yeah. Because you they know, want to, everything to be like, okay, this is it, how it is. This is how it should be. But the minute we feel like it's not, we freak out. Right. The sense of comfort's gone. Right. So it's like a child. Think about it from a child's perspective. So you take look at a two-year-old. Two-year-old don't know shit. Are you gonna Are you gonna tell them anything? No. Yeah. Because they'll freak out. Because they don't. Yeah. They can't comprehend. They don't. Yeah. So their brain's not ready for that. No. So you use something like a god or or something like that to do the same same principle. Yeah. You know what else I? Uh, what the other idea I've been flirting with in my mind. I mean, I say flirting with. I'm not like I'm doing it or anything. But this idea. Uh, basically a pagan worship where they they you know they make some sort of psychedelic tea and then they use that of to course. try and reach reach the next dimension of the next world that to me almost seems more realistic than any of the rest of them like because it, it still goes back to your brain which we know physically exists we know we don't you know we may use 10 percent of the time so there's still plenty more that can happen like i go well what if what if you take DMT or psilocybin or some sort of psychedelic whatever that's created you take that and that is how you're talking to God or whatever God exists is well is that a God or is that just you having a moment with your inner self well maybe your inner self is God maybe that's 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 what I mean maybe that's God maybe God maybe God talks to us as our our Jiminy Cricket our subconscious you know and when we're willing to listen to him, because think about it, when you pray, that's all prayer is. People go, all right, well, you should pray Meditation. when you pray. Yeah, you're waiting for God to answer you. That's your subconscious is what you're waiting for. So who's to say that's not God? And who's to say these people before Jesus weren't just taking some sort of LSD or some something that helped oh, accelerate uh, that jump? A hundred percent. The mushrooms you know. were very popular back then. Yeah. So, you know, They're why still not? popular. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've yet to try. There is a there's a there's a church in Orlando. I've never done LSD, but there's a church in Orlando, and it almost makes me go, man. I'd almost check it out. It's called the uh, what is it called? The Ayahuasca Church of Mother Earth or something like that. But uh, was that similar to the? I watched a documentary where these all these rich people fly out to this country, an island. In the island, they brew up this tea through the plants that are on the island. And what it does is it fucking puts you in an out-of-body experience, but it's pretty brutal. Like, you throw up, you're vomiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they lay you down, you're sweating, yeah. you're vomiting. And yes. they Call, do it once like a like purging your sins. I forgot the plant, what it's called, but if, if, if you brought it up, I, I would know. But I forgot, but it's they're pretty religious about it. Yeah. Yeah, this is like yeah, they call it purging their sins or something like it's that. It's crazy. I, I watched the little documentary where these guys go there and do it, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Looks like you're having an exorcism because they're they're so violently throwing up. Yeah, I know. See that that seems rough. But I mean, you know, like I said though, I, I I do think about that. I go, what if that you know, what if that is the closest we really know to what God is? If you you know you were to take some sort of well, that's a separate that's sort of consciousness, and I mean, maybe that consciousness is what we make of it. Yeah. I, I mean, know. why should we care? I mean, that's the one thing I never understood. Why well, well, does it matter? 
Well, I don't know if it matters so much uh, as far as, as I think people are just intrigued to know. It's the same thing with like aliens. I just don't think, I think that's something that uh, we'll never figure out. It's too complex. Right, right. I think, I think, um, I mean, I, I personally believe we're just as much energy. Right. I've, I've thought about that before, too, that I, concept. I, I, that we're I, just, I think once you, we go lay to rest, I don't think we die. I think our energy just gets, goes back into the world. Well, I mean, think about it, because realistically, on a scientific level, if you break it all the way down to the atomic level, we are. We're energy. We're electrons and protons. And eventually, when the protons die out, that's when we fall apart. So, you know, I mean, not to get all nerdy and scientific, but that is what it is. And, you know, I've thought about that before, and I thought about, you know, I, I th- I'm come to believe that death creates life. And yeah. what I mean by that is, let's say uh, a person dies, I think at the same time something else is born. Yeah. Oh, no, I've thought about that too. Well, think about this. Say uh, a, a normal human, you know, 200 pounds or whatever. Hype, I don't know. I'm just throwing out random numbers. Say they're 2,000 protons and electrons. Well, when they die, you produce a baby that's 200 protons and electrons. Well, now you got 10 babies off of that one person who died yeah. because now their energy could be transferred to them. I, so, you know, I think there's a lot to that because uh, think about all the deja vu moments you have in life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's something to that because uh, there's quite a few times you're like, what? Yeah. You hit with a little deja vu and you're like, where did that come from? Dude, I had something happen. I can't remember what it is now, but something happened a couple days ago. And I went, ugh, that's some weird deja vu. I've thought about this before or something. Yep. You know. But it also could, it also could from an argument standpoint, could also mean that you're in assimilation. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Like I said, you have a little skip. Yeah. That's all the junk that happened. Well, you know, that's like that idea behind. uh, I mean, it's not quite the same thing, but like the game Assassin's Creed, you know, you got this animus that they hop into. And the idea is, you know, they're able to go in these rifts and times. But, you know, when you get near the edge of somewhere, you're not supposed to be. the, the, The game becomes like kind of scattered and pixelated in the background. It could be that same thing. That could be, you know, our mind. Let's think about this. Okay, I've always thought about this. How true is some of the shit we see? And it's not just imag- somebody imagined it. Oh, yeah. Like a Assassin's Creed, for example. Yeah. What if, what if that wasn't imaginated? What if somebody just experienced it and go, yeah, this is real. I'm going to fucking make a video game of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's very possible. Because you look at movies. How many times has a movie been a couple years ahead of what really happens? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time. It's like. What if, what if all these people that are, you think are super creative aren't really that creative? They just experienced it and they just put it on paper. Yeah. I know. I used to think. I always wondered that. I was like, hmm. I used to joke about The Simpsons. I was like, bro, I was like, I never believed in the time machine until I watched The Simpsons and how many times they They've predict right? something happening. I go, bro, they got a time machine. Well, we have a time machine. Not to get crazy with you, but it's real. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We got Hammer and Scorecard. So, Hammer and Scorecard owned by CA, so hmm. they can go in ahead of time and be ahead and predict ahead of time. Interesting. So they can put it, they can see an outcome before it happens, make adjustments. Huh? Yeah, that's how. That's how that like um, John Brennan, Obama, and stuff like that. That's how they control everything. Is because of scorecard and uh, hammer. Interesting. You should look it up. The guy who created hammer is now flipped and does not comfortable the way they're using it. Huh. That's how they're blackmailing people. That's how they get real deep in these people and they turn them is because of uh, hammer and scorecard. Dang. I did yeah. not know It's that. predictive technology. Kind of like my normal report. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. And they get you. They get you every time. Yeah. Well, I mean, how, how could they not? Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. And 
we'll never experience it. I mean, everybody keep banging his conspiracy theories, but you should you should look it up. If you dig it hard enough, you can find the guy that created it has an interview and he talks about how it all works. It's pretty nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, you might not find it on Google. I know they're gonna be like, "Sorry, bro, <laughs> we're not letting you in on this." Yeah, they're going to be like, uh, hammer and scorecard. Oh, yeah. Debunking the hammer scorecard election fraud conspiracy theory. Vegas theory claims supercomputer switch votes in election. The trick is finding the guy who, the guy who created it does an interview. That was a long, that years ago. You know, I always wonder, you know, how many things are out there that we don't know that are out there that are like, we're just way. Oh, come on now. I mean, It'd, it'd be retarded for us to think that, that they're not so much further advanced in the government and stuff like that than we are civilization. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100% they are. I just wonder how far ahead they are Way sometimes. I know. I know. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. When you got political fact and Snoop's trying to debunk it, you know it's real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Man. Like I, I'm a firm believer in that. If 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 something like that is completely, you're telling me it's made up in the news. It's not made up. Right. Why would you go out of your way telling me that if it's made up? Right. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you're making something up, am I going to give it any fucking warrant? Yeah. Right. Exactly. No. Well, here's the thing. When you're telling the truth, you don't need to you don't need to try and prove to anyone you're telling the truth. You just tell the truth and you let that be that. If they yeah. don't you don't if they don't believe it, you don't put much effort into trying to prove that you're honest. No. Honesty doesn't need proof. Somebody constantly going out of way to discredit you, you're on to something. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like if you're good at something, you're going to have haters. Oh, yeah. Same principle. Yeah. It is what it is. It's going to be that way. Nothing's no, going to change sure. that. For sure. Yeah, you definitely, uh, yeah, like I said, honesty doesn't need proof. So No. That's why when somebody says something, they try and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm telling you. Like, like all right, bro. Now I know you're lying. <laughs> you should, uh, if, I, if I find it, I'll look at my history so I can find it because, there, I forgot who did the interview, but the guy who cr- who created the technology actually came out public and said, "No, I'm not That's happy with what they're using because the way he brought it out was he got offended because Brennan came in there one day. Brennan, somebody else, don't don't call me that. It's, it's a couple guys that are not no longer there came in, forced him to tap into people's bank accounts. Oof." One was Chase Bank and a couple other things, and they needed the data, and he didn't feel comfortable about it. He's like, why am I giving you this? Right, right. So that made his brain twirl a little bit, and then as part of the interview, did he came out and interviewed and said, this is, this is what they're doing. Hmm. It's kind of when, all, when it started about four or five years ago. Yeah. Before Trump got elected, he came out. Interesting. It was pretty, I, I, it was pretty normal. I was like, really? That's fucking real? I was like, they didn't make sense when you, when you, when you pay attention because they, they love to throw things in our face. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, they, they fucking absolutely it's 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 scary. But we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. I All can't right. I can't I think can of anything. Going, My mind is blown <laughs> right now. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I can talk about this shit for hours, man. I know. Well, good because next podcast we'll be talking about. It, I'm sure we will do again. Yeah, no, definitely. God bless. Smooth, man. No, it's fun, Ronnie. I uh, I had a blast. Really um, Ronnie Franklin, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if he's got a Twitter handle or no, Instagram. I do, I, do, I do not. I do not believe in social media. Facebook or anything like that. <laughs> you know, we're blue. Oh. 
We're grassroots, blue collar, no social media in it here. Um, hey guys, I appreciate you listening. Like I said, today I had Ronnie on. Uh, super awesome. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yes, time to pee.